Hey there guys and welcome back to the Travis and Damien podcast episode 114. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube and more. Today we are talking about Nintendo, Twitch, Summer Games Fest, Marvel, Spider-Man 2, Across the Spider-Verse and more. So first, as always, we're going to start with our recent activities. Uh, I will let Damien go first because I actually been doing some stuff lately and then we'll get into the news and everything else. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the last two weeks, I have finally beaten Tears of the Kingdom. It took me 100 hours. <laughs> but, um, you know, <laughs> like I said in the last podcast, uh, the cool thing about these new Zelda games is that um, they can really be as long as you want them to be. Like, uh, obviously, I think this game is not as freeform as Breath of the Wild was in terms of, like, as soon as you beat tutorial, you could just, like, go fight, like, uh, Calamity Ganon. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think you could do that in this game. I, I don't know. Maybe some speedrunner did. I don't know. But, um <laughs> But it's still probably, like, at least 20-ish hours if you want to do the whole thing, I would imagine. Like, you still want some heart containers to, like, do stuff. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the game is actually kind of, like, difficult, like, in the beginning. Because um, uh, enemies just hit really hard. But once you get to the end game, like, you'll be fine. Also, I have, like, a shit ton of hearts by the end. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, just to give you the scale how big this game is, uh, it took me 100 hours to beat it. And I mostly beat it because so many other games were coming out. And I had to kind of just wrap it up. Yeah. But um, I was able to do all of the sky. So, all of the sky was done. I've done all the shrines, which is... 152 shrines now oh it used God. to be 120 um but i barely touched any of the side quests like i did a few but I, there's so many more i had to do um there's so many different cave systems i haven't explored i only explored maybe 30 percent of the underground so yeah the game is fucking massive and I, I would love to go back later maybe when the year is not as busy with games mm-hmm. um to like go back and maybe explore more of those areas because you know there's just so much content in this game and i feel like a lot of it is worth seeing as well. But I, I'm pretty satisfied of where I stopped. I, I want to at least do all the shrines and stuff and, like, explore the Sky Islands. And I'm happy I did that. Um, but, yeah, man, overall, I think the game is fucking really, really good. <laughs> um, you know, I think the game really does deserve all the 10 out of 10s it's been getting. Because um, it just makes Breath of the Wild look like shit in comparison. Which is crazy. Because, like I said before, Breath of the Wild is a, a fantastic game. I love it. But everything Tears of the Kingdom does just straight up improves from that game. From, like, the amount of freedom you have from the actual content in the game like i feel like the dungeons are like straight up just better um again like i said before it's still not as good as a traditional zelda dungeon yes but um i think they are a lot better than divine beasts were uh the story i thought was a lot better as well again you're mostly still viewing it from memories and stuff so the story still feels kind of disconnected from like what's actually happening because everything happened like forever ago Mm -hmm. (laughs) from like you know from the narrative standpoint but um Man, some of those moments are, are really great. Like, getting the Master Sword in this game is, like, one of, like, the best getting Master Sword moments in any Zelda game. It's it's very good. Uh, same thing with the end. Like, it, it was fantastic ending. Um, just everything about, like, the final moments of the game were, were really well done. Um, but, yeah, basically everything I said before, like, you know, I think Ultra Hand is, like, an absolutely amazing concept of a, of a game mechanic. <laughs> like, just being able to make any vehicles or whatever contraptions you want by just gluing it together. You know, again, it's such a complex mechanic, but it feels so intuitive and easy to use. Like, I don't know how they did it. Um, and, you know, it was something I was kind of skeptical at at first because I'm like, when I'm, why would I just make a, like, why make a boat when I could just swim over it? But I don't know. It's just fun to do that. And it is faster in the end. Like, you could, um, you can make some really creative stuff with Ultra Hand mm-hmm. and all the other abilities too. I just like just so well designed. Like Ascend is like such a simple ability. Like you just go up any surface, but it, it comes in handy with so many situations. Um, same thing with rewind, like rewinding things um, has so many implications that you can just do so much wacky shit. Like there's so many puzzles you can just break by having one piece of wood. 
you could like make it go up with ultra hand make mm-hmm. it go down rewind it and just use it as a fucking elevator like it's insane the amount of our box thinking this game could let you do while still having straightforward solutions um so yeah i think you know it, it brings everything from breath of the wild that was good in that game and just elevates it to like 10 so um yeah tears of the kingdom is amazing is definitely probably my game of the year uh, which is crazy because again this year is insane i mean the two other games i'm going to talk about are like also like fantastic games but yeah it really shows that tears of the kingdom really does elevate itself above the rest and uh, i definitely think it's worth a play if you're like into zelda just open world games so yeah um it, it's really good <laughs> that's <laughs> that's all i gotta say on on tears of the kingdom so uh the next game i played and i i have beaten is diablo 4 so um i i basically just want to just rush through the main story not rush through the main story but just get it done so i could like do end game stuff mm-hmm. since that's where most of the bulk of the game is um and you, you can't really do much until the story is done anyway so i just might as well just do it now um and yeah you know diablo 4 and blizzard in general have been you know uh met with a lot of ske- skepticism and stuff you know blizzard has not been in the great place over the last few years but i will say i think diablo 4 is definitely one of the best games they made probably since overwatch 1 uh, yeah, that's probably the last project that I was really excited for from Blizzard was was Overwatch 1 back in 2016 at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just very polished. This is a very polished game. Uh, I ran into, like, no bugs, and I played about 20-ish hours of this game already. Like, no bugs. Uh, the game runs fantastic on PC. Like, I've noticed, like, no slowdown, no nothing. Um, the servers have been okay to my... I'm surprised. I, th- this one you might get different opinions on, but I, I, I definitely feel like the servers feel good. Like, I, I didn't really feel... I haven't been disconnected, like, really at all. Um, the queue times have been kind of non-existent. Uh, the game has gone down for maintenance a few times, but it has been pretty smooth. Like, I've been playing, you know, a lot of these online MMOE type games for a while now, and this has been a pretty smooth launch, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, all of that stuff is fantastic. Like all the tech stuff has been really good. And the game itself is also really good. Um, you know, I think some of the things could be better. Like I think some of the skills and stuff, like a lot of the builds feel a little boring Mm -hmm. at the moment. Like there's not like a lot of like build diversity at the moment. Um, again, I'm like a pretty, you know, I play a lot of Diablo, but I'm not like a hardcore theory crafter type guy. So like (laughs) I won't be able to tell you all the ins and outs and stuff, but it, it does seem even from my novice like perspective, I feel like, yeah, this does seem a bit simple. Like you're basically using the same few skills throughout the whole game and then you just keep adding modifiers to them and stuff. So I definitely feel like that side of the game could be a bit better. But um, in terms of, like, the actual gameplay, I think it's great. It does a great middle ground between Diablo 2 and 3, where it's, like, not as, like, insane with the enemy density. You don't feel as godlike in Diablo 3. But, um, and it's not as slow as Diablo 2. It's, like, a great balance of the two. Where it's, like, there's a lot of enemies, but it's not, like, too overwhelming like 3 was. And you don't feel as strong as you did in 3. Like, you do, you do need to be more careful. Like, I have died a lot more in this game than I ever did in Diablo 3. Um... So, yeah, I've just been having a really good time with the game so far. Uh, the story was actually, like, good <laughs> as well. Um, you know, Diablo 3's story was, like, whatever. I really didn't give a shit about it. Like, I felt like it just wasn't very good. Um, this game is also not, like, you know, it's not, like, the most amazing story or anything. But it definitely has me hooked a lot more than 3 did. You know, I think the narrative having more focus on, like, a group of characters works for its advantage. Um, you know, it still goes through a bunch of lore stuff. But the game does a great job explaining all the different lore elements if you don't know what this means like you know throw out a term and like what the fuck does that mean you can just like <laughs> ask the characters like hey what does this thing mean and then they tell you pretty simply 
Um, and, you know, since the game is a live service game at the end of the day, the game does leave, like, a lot of, like, you know, it leaves, like, a nice cliffhanger. But it still feels like a complete story, which is nice. Um, so, yeah, I'm just excited to see how the game goes from here in terms of its live service model. Um, and I just feel like there's enough content in this base game to be worth the money as well. Like, it's not like most live service games when they come out and there's, like, literally nothing to do. Like, I definitely feel like this game has its, like, $70 worth of content in it. Because the open world is humongous and I barely even explored it, so... Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty impressed with Diablo 4 so far. Definitely the best uh, Blizzard game <laughs> in a while. So, yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. And Street Fighter 6, I, I played only a little bit of it because I was mostly focused on Diablo 6. Uh, 6. <laughs> Diablo 4, sorry. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, I, I played, like, the a little bit of World Tour. Again, super fun. It's just really stupid to make your character and you can just beat the shit out of random people on the street. I love that so much. <laughs> I just really like... I really like dumb story modes and fighting games a lot. So this game is really, really giving me a good time with that. Um, I played a little bit of online, got my ass kicked. <laughs> you know how it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the game so far is really good. Uh, I can't really say too much about it because I, I still only play a lot more of it. But um, really excited to play more of it. Uh, I think the game looks great. Uh, the world tour more world tour mode. I'm very excited to play more of. And yeah, uh, that's all I've been doing. Again, as you can see, a lot of big <laughs> fucking games, man. A lot, a lot of big games. <laughs> yeah, and we got more coming soon. Yeah. Uh, but what have I been doing recently? So first thing is the Idol. Uh, the weekend's like show on HBO Max is like their next like biggest show or whatever. Uh, it was released a few weeks ago uh, on like the review side of things that it's gonna be really fucking bad. And I'm like, okay, yeah. well, you know, this is uh, Abel, aka. The weekend's like first adventure into I guess TV and just like acting in general from my understanding I know he's been in like a few other movies or TV shows or whatever but it's like his his project so um, exactly how bad it is I mean it's pretty bad I'll be honest uh, <laughs> just from like the first episode it's like stuff's happening right like stuff's going on with this with this girl who's like famous or whatever and she's like a pop singer I think I'll be honest, I was, like, half paying attention first up, and that's because a lot of, like, the characters are just, like, doing things, but, like, there's not a reason to, like, care or, like, be invested into what they're doing. They're just doing it, and I'm just, like, okay, well, she's taking photos, and, like, her tits are out or whatever, and I'm, like, is there a reason for this? And it goes into, like, you know, she wants to, like, own her body, and then there's, like, things that like they have to go through to like actually make that like a thing or whatever i'm like i don't know what the fuck's going on um and like some weird stuff is happening like some like kinky stuff i'm like what the fuck is this show like honestly (laughs) it's the fact that like i'm not invested into like any of these characters and the show doesn't really make it a point to be invested into the dialogue or like anything that's really going on that i'm just like the show's bad so right Hopefully it gets better. I'm not sure if I'm going to keep watching it because my girlfriend, Emma, she was like, we have to watch this. And I was like, all right. And like within like the first five to ten minutes, it's just like stuff's going on. Don't really know what's going on, but it's going on. So, right. um, but after that, we watched Parasite. Uh, this is one of the best movies ever fucking made. Uh, <laughs> I watched this movie when it got when it literally won like best picture and like all of those awards like literally that day then that night they won everything i was like yeah well fucking deserved this is a uh korean movie um that is uh just really good like honestly i had no idea what i was getting myself into but if you love stories and you want to see one done really really well and have an amazing third act this is one of them um, I don't want to talk about it too much because it is a pretty old film and pretty much everyone knows Parasite's really fucking good. So, um, yeah. And the director's next film is coming out early next year. I believe it, uh, 
recording right now, it's the same day as Across the Spider-Verse is coming out, which is March 29th, 2024. So, yeah. Uh, but we'll see how his next film plays out. Because I know, uh, what's it called? Fucking Robert Pattinson is in that or whatever. So, oh, really? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but the next film I watched was Nice Guys. This is a really underrated film. It's a comedy, uh, but it's also a movie about just like two detectives trying to solve a case together, but they're both like obviously very different. You have Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe playing the main two actors, and the comedy is just spot on. Fantastic, amazing. It's directed by Shane Black, who uh, to nerds out there, he directed Iron Man 3, which may be your least favorite Iron Man movie, but that is my favorite, just because of the way that he directs and the way that he puts action into the the films. Like when you watch Iron Man 3, like whenever a action scene happens, there's a purpose to it. And that's the same thing within Nice Guys. Uh, it is a action film, but also it's a comedy. It's also has a very good story, very very much like, you know, when they find out stuff, you're finding finding out about it at the same time. So that's like where the fun of this movie comes in. Um, people really want a sequel for it, which I am fucking down with because this is a once in a lifetime sort of like film that really comes out. That's like, you know, sort of underrated, but it's really, really good. And like we don't have a sequel for it. So that's unfortunate. Um, games wise, I've been playing Apex Legends. This is my girlfriend's newest obsession uh, for some reason, but we played it before. <laughs> Uh, but now she just wants to play Apex, 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 Apex. Um, and I'm like, okay, fine. Like, we'll play Apex. This is, like, one of the most difficult, I would say, battle royales out there just because of the the amount of things that are going on within a single game. So, obviously, you have, like, the heroes and, like, the agents or whatever the fuck they're called. And on top of that, when you are playing the game, there's a bunch of different guns. There's different animal types that you have to pick up. And there's attachments to the guns as well that make aiming better, uh aiming down sights better etc so there's a lot going on within every single game i don't think we've won a duo game yet we've gotten close like literally yesterday it was fucking top two and then some other shit happened with like one of the heroes like threw some like fire at me like I i'm like i don't know what the fuck's going on and then i just die and i'm like all right whatever so yeah you know there's definitely you know a learning curve to apex but i think if you give it time i would say give it like maybe like a few hours and then you'll figure out if you like it or not because it, it can be frustrating i will be honest because like when you land and you don't have like you know the the armor that's like really really, really good you will fucking die instantly which is like annoying and frustrating and you have to like use like the terrain to its advantage and stuff like that so um but you know apex legends is another br that is very successful for good reason um Book-wise, I've been obviously excited for Spider-Man 2, uh, so I have been reading the prequel book for it. I've had this for a while, ever since like the game came out, but I've never like read it. Read it? Whoops. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is like a pretty cheap book. You can find it on like Amazon or eBay for like five ten dollars easy. Uh, so this is pretty much everything before the game happens. So before oh. leading up to Kingpin's arrest. So like you get to meet Yuri, how how Spider-Man met Yuri. You get to see him actually interact with Harry Osborn. I think that that's like a big thing before he goes on like his Europe trip or whatever. Uh, then you also just get to see like how like his origins are like they they talk about that with like Uncle Ben and everything. And like he he talks to Aunt May um, and then there's some other characters in there that I won't spoil. Uh, but if you know them uh, from like other Marvel projects, I guess I will fucking spoil it because no one's going to fucking read this. Um, so <laughs> Maya Lopez, I believe she's uh, Echo within the MCU or whatever. She's pretty yeah. big within, uh, I think, like the uh, Daredevil stuff. Uh, she's in this book and she has been taken under Kingpin, similar to, I believe, how Ahakai portrayed it. So 
yeah, that was like pretty cool to like see and like read it because uh, I think I read that when this book first came out, but I didn't know anything about like Daredevil and all of that stuff. So rereading, obviously from the you start up until now, I'm like on page one twenty nine, and there's like four hundred pages, so I'm like one fourth through the book, but. Yeah, I mean, it is it is a lot of fun. Like, they don't stick on, like, one character for that long either. Like, they jump around between Spider-Man, and then uh, it goes to Kingpin stuff, and then it bounces around and whatnot. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to enjoy something that is related to Marvel Spider-Man, read this. Uh, it is obviously a book, so it's not going to be as fun as playing a game, but I am <laughs> I'm getting enjoyment out of that. And then I also played uh, the PS5 remaster just randomly, because I was like, fuck it, why not? And I didn't realize yeah. that I didn't 100% it, so... Doing all of the, the side stuff. I didn't finish it. Uh, but just doing like the side stuff again, the bases are like one of my favorite things to do. Uh, but doing like the, uh, I guess like Harry's like lab stuff and like all of the other side objectives, I do do feel like they're a little boring. So maybe yeah. the uh, sequel will hopefully improve on that. Um, and then the last big thing I've been doing is I've been playing uh, my next game review, hopefully, which is Jedi Fallen Order on the PlayStation 5. And yeah, I mean, this game is as good as people say it is. It is... It is a fantastic Star Wars story. First off, I think that Cal Kestis is like a really compelling character just because you can take Order 66 and spin it in 20 different ways and you're probably going to get something at least decent, you know, and I think Cal is a very, very good character. And I think that the way that the story is going, I'm like halfway through the game. Um, I already fought the second sister after the first encounter from the beginning. So uh, according to Emma, she said that I'm like a little more than halfway through. I literally just learned the double jump ability, which is like which is like another like cool thing about this game is that like he's trying to reconnect with the force. So they use that as like a gameplay way for you to like learn more abilities for you to explore either previous planets or the planet that you're currently on a lot more effectively, which is a lot of fun. The combat is very much Dark Souls like s so if you fucking mash the square button which is what i do and you don't lock on you're gonna fucking die a lot yeah and i didn't realize that i was playing on hard mode i thought i was playing on medium but i'm too (laughs) stubborn yeah yeah yeah. i picked jedi master by accident but i'm too stubborn to change it at this point i'm like i've already like you know gone so far into the game like this i'm like fucking i'm gonna i'm gonna just keep it going um yeah but yeah there's like a lot of cool things that you can do as you're like exploring each planet there's like multiple different pathways you can go in you can use bb as uh as a way to like scan like uh things within the world and you get like a little bit of like experience as well the way you upgrade with like these skill points and everything like that if you played like another like adventure action adventure game and you want some dark souls like elements in there with the combat pretty much this game is it um, so I'm eager to see how this ends. I know what happens towards the later half of the game. I'm not going to spoil it, but it is like a pretty cool thing that happens. But mm-hmm. yeah, cannot wait to hopefully finish this game by the next episode. But yeah, Jedi Fallen Order, really, really good. Uh, if you haven't played it yet, you know, and and playing it on the PS5, I've been playing it on performance mode, 60 frames, pretty much flawless. Uh, I haven't yeah. noticed any frame dips or anything like that. So if you want to play it on the next gen hardware, you can as well. Yeah, it's a very good game. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to get into the bulk of the show, or part of it, uh, the news. So first we're going to talk about gaming news, and then we'll get into a little bit of entertainment. So first up, Naughty Dog has delayed the Last of Us multiplayer game. Uh, So this pretty much happened right after, I think, Bloomberg kind of, like, reported, like, rumors on it. Then Naughty Dog was like, all right, cat's out of the bag. So let's just uh, quick up, uh, quickly make this statement about the game being delayed. So... 
Yeah, I mean, and they also said that they're working on a new single-player experience as well. We don't know if that's going to be part three or whatever, but hey, you know what? If they are going to delay this multiplayer game, so be it. If they want it to be uh, you know, better than what they had on the PlayStation 3 and they're trying to figure that out, then hey, you know, I think PlayStation, for a long time, they've been missing like a big like first-party multiplayer experience. You know, a lot of their games are very much sandbox, single-player oriented. So having a game that is deriving from the last of us and that being multiplayer as well will definitely get probably a lot of playstation plus subscribers in yeah i mean i guess that's kind of what they want like Mm -hmm. they want probably more playstation plus subscribers plus they want um you know to hook people in like because you know a lot of these sony games obviously make a lot of money but none of them have like a lot of retention or anything like no one's really buying cosmetics or whatever because they don't have like that shit in them mm-hmm. so um you know I, I know sony really wants to go into this live service sort of thing but um you know from the news that bloomberg did it looks like a lot of these companies don't really know how to make them too well um and, you know, it's kind of what always, like, Epic and uh, Bungie say. Like, you know, making life service games is really hard. And it is, you know. Like, there's very few successful life service games that retain a bunch of players. Because, you know, it's a very hard business model to go through. Uh, be like, you know, like, Epic, like, does it really well. But, like, you know, it's it's a ton of work to keep doing new seasons of Fortnite and make them, like, totally different. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if Naughty Dog, like, they've primarily made, you know, single-player games. Like, they've made multiplayer modes. But, yeah. you know, I think that's all, you know, making a whole ass life service game that's multiplayer focus has to be like a totally different beast compared to what they've done before. So um, it makes sense if they want to just delay it and like make sure it's good. Or maybe like, you know, they don't have a lot of faith in it at this point <laughs> and want to put less people on it. But um, I'm, I'm hoping it turns out good anyway, because, um, you know, I think a good like live service game from Sony could work, especially if factions, you know, I heard a lot of good things about people that played factions when, you know, the, the last was on the PS3 was out and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if that experience could be just as good as like its own game, then that would be cool. But, um, I guess we'll have to see. Cause, uh, yeah, night doesn't seem too, too confident in it yeah. <laughs> and neither does Sony. So I guess we'll see how, how this live service feature holds for Sony since, you know, it seems like they want to move away from their cinematic first, you know, uh, single player games, which I'm not like, which I hope they don't, because you know, that's what I associate Sony with. But mm-hmm. I'd rather have that than a bunch of live service games. But um, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I still remember playing Uncharted 2 multiplayer because I think Cole yeah, McGrath was a skin in there. And I was like, yeah, fuck it, let me go and play this multiplayer stuff. And that was really fun. I think that that was like really mm-hmm. solid like multiplayer mode that used the Uncharted mechanics into a multiplayer space. And I think they did the same thing for The Last of Us 1, like you said, on, on the PlayStation 3. I played with that pretty much as equally and that was also pretty fun so i'm sure because they're delaying and they're spending so much time on this they're trying to make sure that it is bigger than those modes even though that those modes really worked out and they were fun for what they were pretty i'm pretty sure that they didn't last as long with like the player retention and things like that so i'm sure that this thing's gonna have like a battle pass or some shit like that so oh yeah definitely um, (laughs) but yeah hopefully hopefully when it whatever it does come out it it ends up being decent yeah, well, yeah, I, I feel like Naughty Dog can't really afford, like, they don't, like, I feel like if they made a bad game, they'll just be like, okay, we're done. <laughs> like, we, we, can't, we can't do that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely feel like their reputation has to kind of be on the line here. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we got some more, I guess, Sony news. So, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart is coming to PC on July 26th. So, yeah, this is crazy. Uh, you know, I, I think this hit hard when people saw God of War on PC. Mm-hmm. This is hitting me hard because, like, seeing Ratchet on a non-PlayStation console is really weird. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really cool. Like, I, I, you know, some people act weird about it being like, oh, this is a bad thing. You know, PS5 has no games now. But I'm like, you know, it's been, like, two years. 
years since this game came out, which is crazy to say at this point. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it has been, like, two years since River Park came out. Like, I think it's fine to put it on PC at this point. Plus, it's going to be cool to have, like, modding and stuff. You know, the, the crazy mods you could have in, in Spider-Man is, like, insane. Mm-hmm. So, it'd be cool to have, like, different character skins and stuff in River Park. Uh, I don't know if I'll buy it, like, right away. But it's definitely something I'll be interested in, um, like, playing on my PC. I don't, I don't even know if my PC could run this, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Like, this is, like, very, like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great-looking game. Like, I still think this is one of the best-looking next-gen games out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I'm biased, but, like, I really do think so. Like, it, it's such a good-looking game. Um, so, yeah, having more people be able to experience, you know, Ratchet & Clank, I think that's always a great thing. And I know, like, a lot of Ratchet & Clank fans, you know, maybe they don't have a, a PS5 or whatever, and I think this is a great way just... For it to be more accessible, you know? Like, I'm, I'm always down for more people playing great games, you know? So, yeah, I, I'm definitely for this, you know? Yeah, I think we have the same conversation every single time one of these big PlayStation yeah. exclusives hops onto PC. And it's like, all right, yeah, well, it's been out for a number of years. And there's no reason to really gatekeep it, in a way, on this console when they've already made their money and they've already made their sales. So, fuck it, put it on PC. Let's see how it does. I think a lot of people are concerned with how it'll run or like what the sort of requirements are to run this game on PC because this game was like the first one to really tell people like this is a playstation 5 game because of the rifting between different dimensions and i wonder how that's gonna work on pc like if you don't have a fucking ssd or like a good enough pc will you just be loading or just not be able to run the game at all which i wouldn't be surprised because this is a very intensive game and i think that because you know now that it is coming to pc and they're using another studio or whatever to help them bring it to pc i wonder how well it's gonna do because uh you know like you said, modding and everything is pretty big on PC, which is why a lot of people buy certain games on PC because they want to play with the mods and sort of have a different experience from what you can have on console. Yeah, like I, I just think it'll be really cool to see what the community could put out with like mods and stuff because, you know, like every time I see these like really big AAA games, like I'm like, there's no way they can mod this, right? Like it looks too good. Like, I don't know how you would do it. I think you see like, you know, like Kermit and like Spider-Man or something or like God of War uh, stuff. Like, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm very excited to see how the community um, does like mods and stuff for this game. And again, just excited for more people to play these games. Like, uh, you know, I think Ratchet and Clank is obviously fantastic. I'm, I'm very biased in this sense. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always down with it. And don't be a weird console fanboy. And be like, oh, <laughs> don't, it can't be on PC. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's fine. Again, I, I don't think, you know, I think a two-year exclusivity, like, on a thing, it's, like, well enough to be, like, I think my PS5 was worth it, you know? Yeah. So, like, I, I think it's fine. <laughs> Especially since, because I think at that point, if you were really excited to play the game, you probably... You would play it, yeah, yeah. you would play it, buy it, and do everything that you got to do with it. Um, okay. On Steam, it's just as it, it requires a 64-bit processor, and then everything else is sort of TBD. So, uh, we'll see how intense the stats are needed for this game in particular, but I'll... Hopefully it runs well because I think that that was like a big thing with the last PlayStation exclusive that went yeah. on the PC, which was The Last of Us Part 1, which, you know, was a huge thing to really introduce that game to PC audiences, especially with the success of the HBO show. Um, and then it came out and then it ran like garbage. So I hope that this game doesn't suffer that same fate. Yeah, I mean, I think the Spider-Man port was pretty good, but I don't know if these are the same people that ported that game, though. Mm-hmm. Like this, But they, they seem to be pretty confident. Like the, the people... Uh, Supporting the game seem to be tweeting a lot like hey we know what we're doing so i guess we'll see you know money on their mouth so we'll see how 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 well the port is hopefully it's good but uh yeah very exciting news all right so next bit of news <laughs> uh yuji naka could face 2.5 years in prison for the insider trading in jail. incident yeah i mean 
that is like a pretty insane thing to happen but you know insider trading is very much a big no-no within japan and he was doing that stuff when he was working with square enix on dragon quest and he sort of you know bought into stocks or you know did yeah uh, some illegal shenanigans so yeah i mean this is one of the co-creators of sonic the hedgehog and you know the fact that his legacy is now gonna be uh he did some insider training and he's going to jail is quite funny and quite hilarious but at the same time kind of sad in some ways as well but you know uh if you if you commit a crime you're eventually gonna get caught hopefully maybe (laughs) yeah i mean like yeah just don't do insider trading that's usually a pretty big no-no for a lot of people like Mm -hmm. you know it's uh you know a lot of money being made over there and stuff it's illegal pretty much everywhere so yeah i mean you know yuji naka has been has a pretty interesting career where you know obviously he like made sonic or whatever and stuff like you know he made knights but you know he's been you know i watch a lot of things where he's kind of an asshole and like obviously like he just kind of fell from grace ever since like you know after sonic was went into 3d and stuff so um i mean it's pretty unfortunate like it's pretty a sad thing to see but like Mm -hmm. i don't know it's just like at this point he's really past his prime at this point (laughs) i think i think battle wonderland wonder world whatever it was called really (laughs) so you know you can't come back from that (laughs) so yeah i think that was uh, not to say like that was the last nail in the coffin (laughs) yeah i mean it's not entirely his fault like square really did mess him up in terms of that game as well Mm -hmm. but um yeah either way kind of a sad way to go mostly when we got like new sonic stuff that's been you know, pretty good. So it kind of sucks that he's not there to see it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. The, um, yeah. So Dolphin. Yeah. So <laughs> th- this was crazy news. So, uh, you know, last time I think we talked about that Dolphin, you know, the emulator was going to be on Steam. Well, that's not happening anymore because Nintendo was like, you're not doing that. So, uh, yeah, Nintendo put a cease and desist. Uh, I-, I think it's cease- no DMCA takedown on, um, on, on Valve, actually. Like they told Valve, like, hey, can you take this down? And Valve apparently didn't dispute it <laughs> to just be like, okay, <laughs> so uh, it's down. And Nintendo had this wild statement where it's like, um, they talk about, so there was a lot of rumors of why this was taken down. Because, you know, emulators are legal, just ROMs aren't legal. So that's like yeah. how emulators are able to exist. And people found out that Dolphin actually does have like Wii like keys in them, like legit Wii keys or something. And that's like illegal and they should have not been doing that. But apparently Nintendo wasn't taking it down because of that. They just took it down because they hate them. <laughs> like, they were just like, <laughs> like, we think, I'm trying to find a quote. They, they were like, yeah, we it, hate it, it like stops emulation because it stifles, yeah, it like stifles innovation. I'm like, what it. a weird statement. <laughs> like, I, I really don't think that's the case at all. I don't know why they would say that because emulation is just there for people to play older games. Like, it doesn't stifle anything. Um, it's not like a disrespect either to like older developers. If anything, it should be like, you should be flattered that people want to play these older games still instead yeah. of like newer stuff. You know what I mean? Or just make the games easier, uh, you know, more accessible for people to buy or something. Then people wouldn't have to emulate as much, you know? Yeah. I mean, like my stance on emulating games and playing these ROMs and everything like that is like, do what you got to do. Me personally, I will never play a emulation unless I actually own the game. So like the only thing I've really emulated is stuff on Dolphin for like GameCube games. But those GameCube games I own. So like Sonic Adventure 2 and whatever else that we were doing for that like one summer or whatever, you know. Um I don't mm. I don't emulate games that I don't own because I feel like um for me personally, you know, like I'm a I'm a fucking game collector. I'm a physical boy. So I really do like owning the game 
And if I own it and and I want to play it like conveniently on my PC so we could do like some funny like speed races or whatever the fuck, then sure, why not? Um, but I will never do that myself personally. If you do it, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to tell you not to, but that's just my own personal stance. So when it comes to them shutting it down on Steam, I mean like that was going to fucking happen. You know, like Valve, Valve yeah. isn't going to take the fall for this, you know, company that created Dolphin and everything like that. That's like, you know, it can be a fucking huge thing for Valve for them to really like, you know, put their foot down on this. Cause like really there's no, there's no reason for them to do that. And I think when it comes to this comment about them being like it, emulation stifles innovation is very, uh, hypocritical as as this uh, article puts it because it's like when you look at certain things that happen within uh, recent Nintendo games or even what they're doing with the Nintendo online stuff like fucking safe states and everything like that that's because of emulators that's because mm-hmm. of like what people are doing with these games you know they're modding them and doing all this crazy stuff with it which you know has a community for that that has people that want to play these crazy you know like Pokemon mods or whatever else you know and I think that them saying that is very tone deaf and them not really noticing or realizing that like the modding community isn't just them you know taking it and putting it on here so thousands and millions of people could play it it's also them like maybe fixing it or maybe even you know changing it in some regards to make it better and just you know them having fun with it and loving it because they wouldn't fucking take these games and put them on here if they didn't want to you know do that in some regards you know it's not them just like trying to one-up nintendo because a lot of these games aren't available to really purchase officially yeah that that's kind of my point like my stance on emulation is I won't emulate if I could buy it legally for an affordable price, uh, and preferably on modern consoles. But as soon as the game isn't available anywhere, so I'm like all for emulating old Pokemon games because I'm not gonna pay like four hundred dollars for like Emerald <laughs> or something, right? Yeah. And they made it no, they have no like intention to ever release those games like officially anywhere besides you know on GBA. So I'm like, yeah, I, I will emulate that because I'm like, it's not, I'm not gonna pay some random dude four hundred dollars. Like, they're not even making money from it anymore. So mm-hmm. what's the point? Um. So that's my stance on emulation. If there's no actual official way to obtain the game then i will emulate it if i really want to play the game and i think that's fair because like you leave the consumer no choice at that point it's like yeah i'm gonna find the the way to do it like i'm not really <laughs> for like when people when people are emulating like switch games i think that's like towing the line of like piracy <laughs> at yeah. that point even if you do own it like it feels kind of weird to me but um yeah like in terms of like older games like uh, like two generations back i'm definitely like yeah just go for it so um yeah nintendo statement here is pretty disappointing but it's pretty like I kind of expected it. I mean, Nintendo's so <laughs> vicious about this stuff. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully, Dolphin doesn't go down for this. Like, hopefully, they're not just like down forever. Hopefully, yeah. it's just a Steam page game knocked down. But uh, I guess we'll see as the uh, the weeks go by. So, yeah. I still think Dolphin was stupid for even putting on Steam. Or why? <laughs> <laughs> you're you're Ravi, Like, don't poke the bear. You yeah. Know? So <laughs> I know, or. <clears throat> I believe it's because they wanted it to be available for like the Steam Deck and everything like that. So uh. it had to, you know, go through all that. But um, yeah, I mean, like, guys, you remember like Mario Maker and everything, right? Like, that's just them creating different like Mario levels officially through a mm-hmm. product. And that's sort of like where it all started with like modding and like ROMs and all that other shit. So, yeah, ROM hacks and stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, Nintendo's doing their own thing. Are they really going to suffer for it? Maybe. Probably not. They're, like, way too big to really, like, boycott them, in my opinion. And 
Um, you know, even even if you, you know, don't buy like whatever, you know, fucking Zelda already made like however millions of fucking dollars at this point. So Yeah. It just be like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next bit of news we got here. I am very excited for fucking Pikmin 4. So they released like this little teaser trailer uh, to sort of give you guys an idea of like what the story is. But on top of that, they unveiled that you can that you are going to be playing as your own like little customized like uh, adventurer or whatever the fuck your own rescue corps member. That's yeah. cute. I fucking love that. Uh, it's it's very surprising that they haven't done that yet, just because they've been sticking to like their you know like whatever main characters. Yeah, the captain. Yeah. yeah. So it's gonna be fun to see uh, exactly how this uh, story and the game itself plays out. But I think that this customization feature is just enough to me, just enough for me to get excited for it, and hopefully, uh, whatever gameplay new features that they got going on here will be just as exciting. Yeah, no, it looks good. I mean, I guess it's gonna be my first Pikmin game. I wanted to play <laughs> Pikmin three before this, but you know, as you can see, the game the, the year has been busy with games and stuff. Yeah. So I wasn't able to play Pikmin three before this. Uh, uh, maybe I still can, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, um, in terms of Pikmin four, it looks pretty good right now. Um, you know, the create a character thing, you know, looks pretty neat. Um, it looks like um, instead of like you know collecting ship parts or collecting fruit and shit you're collecting other people <laughs> i guess to like, rescue them and okay i've like olimar is there and stuff so yeah looks pretty interesting um you know i'm you know i never played a pikmin game before so it's gonna be cool to see like how this game sort of introduces the mechanics to new players and stuff so yeah, yeah looks neat um <laughs> but for the real big switch announcement we got everybody <laughs> wants to switch hell yeah so this was like rumored for like a while like yeah uh, people like over a year have, yeah, for like over a year, this game has been rumored, and the, the you know the way the stories have been going is the game is so bad, Nintendo didn't even want to release it. Like that's like apparently all the playtests have been so negative, and honestly, that kind of makes sense at this point because I've never seen Nintendo just release a game like this where it's like they tweet it out, it's for thirty dollars, and they just want it gone. Like the shit's coming out. When's this coming out? <laughs> June it's coming 30th. out June thirtieth. Yeah, so the, it, it really seems they want this game to be under the radar and just to, like get that shit out of the warehouse or every so I, I mean i think it'll be fun with friends obviously like the first game was because yeah. it's stupid uh, like the first game was definitely not worth like 60 dollars, right it, it was 60 dollars, mm-hmm. right yes 100 yeah, percent not worth 60 dollars. it's bad but it's funny so i think this game i think this is a better price for it to just be a dumb stupid party game where you just like look at each other milking cows or whatever mm-hmm. so um <laughs> yeah uh either way it's gonna be bad <laughs> that that's that's what's gonna be so yeah i mean I didn't know about this crazy ass story. The fact that they're that they were holding on to this game that they had in development and sort of like finished and play tested it for a while, and then it was just like so bad that they were like, "We're not releasing this yet." So yeah, now yeah. that it is just randomly, randomly, it was just announced that it's coming out. I think a lot of people on Twitter that were in the know were like, "Yo, what the fuck is going on?" Like they're actually <laughs> releasing this game. So after yeah. like you know reading up on the reports and everything, it's like, okay, yeah, like this is a sequel to One Two Switch, uh, everyone's favorite. Nintendo Switch game that was sixty dollars. That was not a pack in at all. When nope. it really should have been. been. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Everyone's sentiment is like this should have been a pack in, or if not a reduced price like this one at thirty dollars. So we don't know much about the games. Uh, according to the report from last year, uh, there's going to be games similar to like Jackbox where you can like use your smartphone, so you don't have to worry about using like you know buying another pair of Joy Cons or whatever because that is definitely like a fucking paywall for a lot of people. But everyone has a yeah. has a smartphone to some extent that has a web browser on it, so you know. 
know, just copying what Jackbox did and just plopping it into their own Nintendo thing. Hopefully will work. But I don't think we know anything about the games just yet. And I'm sure we'll know about them when the game actually comes out, because it seems like that they don't really want this game to really have a lot of press around it. <laughs> no, they did not. It seems like they want this game to be out and gone. Like the sandwiching it between Tears of the Kingdom and Pikmin 4. Like they definitely want it to just be erased from existence, so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think we could just accept that's coming out and then move on with our lives. That seems to be what <laughs> Nintendo wants, so yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah moving on from there we got friday the 13th game will delist at the end of this year and they will stop supporting it by the end of next year so if you guys don't know what this game is it's pretty much a game a multiplayer game where you are playing as one of the camp counselors or you're playing as jason from friday the 13th and you're pretty much trying to go around as the camp counselor to get your way off of the island that could be either finding a battery for a car fixing the car then running out or uh there's like other ways to do it with like lore stuff like i think that there's a character that you can like uh, after you die then if someone calls that character in, you will respawn as that character then you can kill jason yourself and then if you're jason you're you're literally just trying to kill everyone and there's like voice chat in in there so it's like pretty funny when you hear like little kids on yes, the mic proximity or whatever. Chat, right? yeah, yeah. so it yeah. is it is definitely a game for its time when it came out like i was playing it a lot with louis when when we were playing it just because it was yeah. like like it's we've never had like a really good like horror game that really emulated those movies so i think that this was like the first one that really did it well so the fact that they're gonna you know the the license for the game is going to expire that's why they're going to delist it um so from now up until the end of this year the game is going to be five bucks and all of the the dlc is going to be a dollar so they're pretty much just like all right well they probably haven't made a lot of sales for the game to begin with. So they're like, all right, well, we're going to lose this license anyway. So we're just going to make it so we can make it affordable for anyone that wants to finally try it out and play it from now up until the, the end of this year. And also just like get a nice boost of people to come back to it and, you know, play it again. Maybe maybe I'll go back to it and play it again just one last time because I definitely have a lot of fond memories playing this game of just like stupid fucking shenanigans of like Louis being Jason and him like trying to find my ass the whole game or like the opposite way around. So, you know, it is definitely like a fun game and i think that the five dollar price point is definitely going to be appealing for a lot of people yeah like i i never played it myself but i have watched a lot of streams of it and it was always a good time mm-hmm. and you know it always sucks when games get delisted for stupid licensing issues like it's always mm-hmm. dumb like oh we just can't sell it anymore because we don't have the rights to it anymore that's always the dumbest way for a game to go down and it sucks too because you could just be like oh the you know get physical and stuff but i don't know if it has local online i, I mean it probably has local stuff but it's still just like a game you kind of want online for and now you kind of can't do it <laughs> so um yeah it's very unfortunate um that it's just going down forever you know when games like this happen is always is always very sad but um you know it, it was a cool idea for a game you know obviously we've seen a, a lot of other games do it now like evolve i think evolve was before this but you know like evolve this um dead by daylight obviously um so you know it's a good concept for a video game and stuff but um yeah, it's just unfortunate that it seems to be uh, just gone now because <laughs> licensing issues. Really stupid way to always lose uh, a game. But yeah, I guess that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if they if these devs or someone else wants to pretty much create the same game, but just like, you know, with just like generic, you know, character or whatever, it can work. It's just that yeah. I think the main appeal of this game was the fact that it had like those like lore and like story things that you can do within it as like other ways to kill Jason. So, uh, but yeah, you know, it is definitely a... a uh, a product of its time in a way uh but yeah you know this is just like a whole other thing with like 
physical versus digital and you know because this is like a whole online game they have to keep it online so uh you know it's good that they're gonna support it for like the next year so at least if you buy it now you know you can play it up until the end of next year so mm-hmm. all right so uh you know we got some new twitch stuff twitch is being <laughs> stupid again so yeah twitch made a statement being uh, basically like uh, new content guidelines and I guess the two biggest ones of the thing were you can't have insert burn-in video ads anymore. So, like, you know, a lot of streams, like, I, I guess I'll use, like, Jerma for an example because I, I mm-hmm. watch him. Whenever Jerma has, like, a big, like, sort of stream thing, he would have burn-in ads, basically, where he would be, like, he has Coinbase or whatever, like, like in the stream itself. Like, it's not like a, like a Twitch ad thing. Like, it's just a, a sponsor of the stream. You know, obviously, it's to make money back for these big events and stuff. Apparently, you weren't able to do that anymore. And also, like, on-stream brand overlays are limited to, like, 3% of the screen size, <laughs> which is a very tiny. You know, I saw a lot of great, like, memes about people doing stuff about that. Um, and obviously, this did not sit right with a lot of creators. You know, a lot of people basically be like, yeah, like, this sucks. Uh, you know, with uh, Twitch already taking uh, a 50-50 split from a lot of streamers now instead of the 70-30 that it was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people weren't happy with this, you know, like, just... They're taking more money away from them. You know, Twitch obviously wanted more money from the ads that play on Twitch itself and not, you know, streamers getting their own sponsorship deals. Uh, the logos on stream. I think that's just a dumb thing. Like, why make yeah. it 3% of the screen size? Um, so, yeah, a lot of this was really bad. Uh, and they faced a media backlash. Like, Mr. Beast said stuff, you know. Obviously, like, Moist Critical said stuff. You know, everyone was saying stuff. Mm-hmm. And Twitch, I think, basically just went back on it and be like, okay, never mind. I'm pretty sure. So, um, <laughs> and I know they had some other things going on, right? Uh, I'm like, with the multi-stream sure. thing you were saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. So, like, there's, like, this other thing about the new, like, Twitch guidelines, which is, like, affecting Ninja mainly as, like, the biggest creator out there. But to anyone that's, like, trying to stream on Twitch along with, like, on other platforms like YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, whatever the fuck, you know, if you're trying to, like, multi-stream your stream onto other platforms and try to get your exposure out there online to as many people on the internet, you know, you can't do that on Twitch anymore, apparently. And, you know... Because of this, Ninja is currently streaming on fucking Kick. Kick uh, yeah. streaming, which is kind of crazy. The fact that Twitch is shooting themselves in their own foot and causing one of the biggest creators on their platform to move to Kick because they want to do this multi-streaming thing, whether you're partnered or not, because he's not even partnered. That, that's the reason why he gave up his Twitch partnership was because he wanted to stream everywhere. He wanted to stream on YouTube, TikTok, everything. Uh, but now it's just not allowed, which is crazy and i think that this is just like a running theme with twitch over the past five years or so you know they're they're just shooting themselves in the foot consistently over and over again Mm -hmm. not talking to creators not talking to people that are actually within this space that are using their platform to make money and make a living you know i feel like that if i was a twitch streamer i would fucking fear every single day of my life like trying to like figure out like what the hell is going to be like the next thing that they're going to try to do and with the whole like burn in like ads and everything like it doesn't just affect like small streamers or like streamers in general it also affects like big charity events or big um esports events where like they have like ads running or whatever you know like i know for league of legends uh and riot games they have like a red bull thing that they play in between you know their like ad break or whatever so um yeah you know that's gonna affect them and sort of how they operate and how they do like their ads and everything like that like this doesn't just affect the streamers this literally affects everything that goes on on twitch which this is what happens when you have one platform that is literally the biggest platform for streaming video games you're gonna have this fucking company that's owned by amazon by the way that's just gonna make these stupid dumbass decisions and we're at a point now where it's like okay is like streaming on twitch even like 
you know, worth it? You know, should I move to YouTube? Should I move to kick even? And I think that for me personally, like I'm not like a big, you know, fucking streamer or anything like that. I haven't streamed in like over a year. The last time I streamed was during the, the pandemic because I was doing nothing else. But yeah. if I were to come back streaming because I already have this YouTube audience, I think I, I think I'll just stream on YouTube because I think that that yeah. is something that would just make everything a lot more streamlined for me personally. And I think that YouTube streaming in general is just becoming better and better, not just because they're signing on more creators, but because they're learning about the streaming space as well. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, YouTube, I mean, it's still not great in terms of monetization and copyright strikes or whatever, but it's kind of weird that Twitch has become sort of the more like evil of the two now in terms of like how annoying they are with their policy changes, like coming out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Like you think they would consult some streamers to be like, hey, is this okay? And they would immediately be like, no, (laughs) what are you doing? So, yeah, it seems like they just seem really tone deaf and stuff, uh, like more so than YouTube. And YouTube at least has the excuse of being like, it's like a Google, like YouTube is not just meant for video games or whatever. Twitch is meant to be more of like, yeah, we're gamers and shit. Like we we know what we're doing, but then they make Mm -hmm. as baffling decisions as YouTube does. So, um, yeah, I feel like if you're an up and coming streamer, like I feel like Twitch just isn't the platform to go to, especially because it's so hard to get you know discovered and stuff like i feel like other platforms might be a better fit for you at this point Mm -hmm. um you know twitch doesn't really offer basically anything to the creators anymore like everything seems to be more in favor of twitch themselves getting more of the cut than the streamers so Mm -hmm. um you know i think people are finally starting to like be like yeah this is ridiculous like you know you know i've seen a lot more people go to youtube and stuff and you know youtube has been improving their streaming as well like i still think chat's pretty bad on youtube like (laughs) i I prefer i mean twitch chat's bad but it's like a like a dumb kind of bad like youtube twitch chat or youtube chat is just kind of unreadable so um you know youtube still has to improve their live streaming stuff but you know in terms of like quality and stuff it's it's good like i like that i got you like reverse and swept through the stream and stuff without like like the while the vod is still going like i think mm-hmm. that's a really cool feature yeah um so yeah twitch definitely needs to like improve a lot of their stuff like especially i think just community stuff they really have to have like some spokesperson like be like in touch with other streamers and be like hey is this okay because <laughs> a lot of the decisions have been really bad lately again i'm not a streamer at all or whatever but yeah if i was a twitch streamer i would definitely be worried about my livelihood like every day because you never know when it's just like over <laughs> so yeah yeah it is just it is just so insane how twitch is just fumbling at every single every single time that they announce something new to their platform and it just seems crazy because like obviously like i i watch a lot of twitch just because that's where everyone goes that's where all of the big creators that i watch go you know i watch a lot of Tarek, i watch a lot of valorant i watch a lot of league of legends and pretty much if you want to watch league i for the most part it's it is on twitch with like the pro players and even some streamers on there um, I don't watch Tyler one, but um, yeah, you know, eventually these changes and these policies are going to push enough creators out and you're going to see less people go on Twitch. And, you know, I'm not going to say Twitch is ever going to die. It's still like a huge, massive platform for streaming video games. It's just that at some point, enough big creators are going to leave. And when that happens, those smaller creators are going to follow them. And what's going to happen? The viewers are going to follow them as well. So um, if they keep making these changes that are just so bad to the creators and just so greedy, like it is just straight up greed that they are not allowing these burn-in ads or the fact that they are like, it has to be 3% of the fucking screen, which like, what the hell does that even mean? Um, It's just like, you're messing up people's money and their livelihood to the point where they might just get up and go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it always shows that, you know, like, uh, these companies always think they're, like, invincible, mm-hmm. but they're not. Like, as soon as you do enough dumb shit, like, people are just going to leave. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that, that happened to a lot of platforms in the past. So, um, 
yeah, I, I hopefully they don't, you know, hopefully they just improve themselves. I, I do like Twitch, like in terms of like you know its interface and stuff. So yeah, hopefully they're able to fix themselves because yeah, they they have not been doing any of their streamers any justice mm-hmm. in the past few years. And it is still crazy to me that you can't just like rewind the VOD or whatever, just like YouTube. Like it is, yeah, just, it's dumb. It is just such like still like an outdated site, but people have no other choice but to continue using it so mm-hmm. but that's a whole other topic that i won't talk about right now yeah. <laughs> uh but moving on from there we're gonna get into a little bit of entertainment news teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem has released the first i believe official like full-length trailer and yeah i'm fucking excited for cinema part two part one was uh across the spider-verse this is part two like <laughs> this movie was 100 inspired by into the spider-verse's success and the fact that they're doing it with the ninja turtles is going to be very exciting obviously the ninja turtles are a huge 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 property and the fact that they're still around and creating new ideas and new versions of these characters is always going to be so much fun and i cannot wait to see how this version turns out just because you know they have actual like teenagers voicing them which i think is a nice touch um and the animation style is obviously like really really good just because they are taking notes from into the spider-verse and going from there um and also the the trailer itself also gives us an idea of what the story is going to be about you know they want to be accepted as like you know being able to walk among humans because they are big ass ninja turtles um but you know there's going to be i guess like this big bad guy within there that's also like a bunch of mutants but they do bad stuff so um yeah cannot wait to see how this movie plays out as it comes out i believe in august so yeah, so like, yeah, I, I first saw this trailer when Spider Verse, like, I saw it when, you mm-hmm. know, like, the trailers are playing. I'm like, because obviously I knew this movie was happening. I was very, like, pretty, like, cooked on it. But this trailer, I'm like, yeah, it looks fucking sick. <laughs> like, the, I, I love how it looks. Like, again, I think Spider Verse did such a great job just showing that CG animation doesn't have to be, like, Pixar or anything. Like, it could be, like, these crazy art styles that really emulate 2D animation. Like, you know, just because it's 3D doesn't mean it has to be, like, like fluid or or whatever like Mm -hmm. it could be like wacky and crazy as well and i I really like that a lot because um i think it's the one thing people really miss about 2d animation is how stylized things could look but you know again with into the spider-verse it showed that nah you could do that with 3d animation it's just people haven't really tried yet so um yeah yeah this movie's looking like it it looks fantastic visually and in terms of like story and stuff again like you said i like that they're actually voiced by teenagers and stuff like it really gives them the feel of being like yeah they're the teenage mutant ninja turtles (laughs) instead of just being like I don't know, like, early 20s Turtles or mm-hmm. something. So, um, yeah, it looks like a cool, like, origin story to see how they kind of get into, like, you know, fighting bad guys and stuff. Um, I-, I guess that's supposed to be Baxter Stockman. I don't know. It's just The Fly. So, I, yeah. I think that's Baxter Stockman, right? So uh, You know, um, Superfly or whatever this new villain's called, so... Yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, I'm, you know, obviously I don't know how the actual, like, you know, anything else is going to be so far, but uh, the general vibe and just the just the animation itself just makes me very very interested in watching it so uh hopefully this could be like i guess the spider-verse of tmnt it's not like <laughs> tmnt has bad like media in general like it's been doing pretty well in terms of like games and stuff and, yeah recently and recently and shows <laughs> yeah recently recently yeah um so yeah I, i'm really pumped to see it like uh this made me like be like yeah maybe i'll watch this in theaters now because this actually looks really good <laughs> so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to it i'm always down to watch a movie in theaters but yeah you will see my ass yeah, <laughs> august august first or second uh whenever whenever i can see it so but yeah 
All right. So next, last thing here for media stuff. Uh, Captain America, Brave New World. They changed the name of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was New World Order. Yeah, before, which was kind of sussy. Now, <laughs> yeah, which was a little sussy. Yeah. Um, we got a new picture of uh, Harrison Ford and Anthony Mackie. Uh, they're just there talking to each other. So um, Harrison Ford is supposed to be like in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's, like, he's, uh, he's replacing he's, General Ross because that actor uh, yeah. has unfortunately passed away. But they have Harrison Ford playing him because I guess they really needed this character for this movie. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I know. So some people are still kind of sussy about <laughs> Captain America being, you know, you know, he, that's Captain America now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those people are weirdos. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah, same thing with people are, like being weird about Miles. Like, yeah, he's Spider-Man and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, we, we just ignore those people. And, uh, <laughs> and um, you know, I'm hoping the movie is good, though. I mean, like we said, you know, we like uh, Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I thought, you know, it was a really good Disney Plus show. So hopefully he's able to carry out the thing here. I, I kind of miss, like, I, I'm not, like, too big of a fan of his new outfit. I kind of liked his outfit. In, yeah. Uh, in, um, you know, the Captain America and Winter Soldier, because I feel like it kind of, it, it's like his own, th- this one feels too much like, like, he doesn't feel like his own thing, you know? Like, I mean, that's mm-hmm. why I like Miles, because it's not like, yeah, he's Spider-Man, obviously, but like, he still feels like his own thing, so, I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll see when the movie actually comes out, but you know, I, I like his wings. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so. I think this photo actually shows the old suit there, for some reason, so I wonder oh, yeah. what that all means, if they just put that there on purpose, but... Yeah, I mean, like, I really loved his suit within uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier show. Like, that was, like, spot on, like, comic accurate. And it actually looked really, really good for being comic accurate. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for this film. I'm glad they changed the name just because it was a little little sus to, you know, say New World Order, especially when it was (laughs) connected to some, you know interesting things is, is is how i'll put it but yeah uh brave new world i think that that probably fits what story that they're trying to tell sort of having uh sam wilson come into captain america and sort of have his character be recognized as captain america because i recently bought um the nick spencer captain america sam wilson run just because i think that these movies will pull from that stuff um, and apparently it's also just like a pretty good like uh, run in general because it does go into like, you know, those same people like the comic's pretty old. I think it's like a few years old, maybe five ish or something like that. But it goes into like those politics about being like, you know, is he Captain America? You know, Steve Rogers is my Captain America and shit like that. So, you know, this this dialogue has been going on for years and years and years. And it just seems like that it only got reignited with the whole MCU. So, um, but yeah, I cannot wait to see how Captain America Brave New World pans out. Yeah, I mean, again, Captain America is usually some of the best MCU movies out there. So uh, mm-hmm. very excited to see uh, how this one turns out. All right. All right. So let's get into Summer Games Summer Fest. Game Fest. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we talk about the announcements, uh, I want to get your opinion on just like day one and just like this whole like press conference that happened. Because honestly, you know, uh, I know uh, Jeff Keighley is very much in in the know with like social media and everything like like he's very vocal on there and he had like a poll on twitter that was like what would you rate summer games fest um that like press conference and i said a b and i think a lot of people agreed with me on that with that sort of like number that i saw but uh yeah like what did you think about this uh this panel whatever the fuck that they're calling it uh i mean yeah i I thought it was good i just feel like just like every other jeff keely show um, I just felt like it was too long and like the pacing could be better. And that's about it. I mean, that's usually the issue with his shows. Like, I think they just go on a little too long. Like, I feel like if you cut like a lot of time from this, I think it would have been fine. Um, 
and some of the games they showed just you know they weren't that exciting like there was mm-hmm. some like there was a lot of just like medieval games that i just didn't care about that mm-hmm. i'm like okay whatever there was that this really generic zombie game the, the john carpenter one i'm like why is this like, so goddamn <laughs> generic but some of the things that did show were really cool and um you know like we have them here. Like you basically have all the announcements I kind of wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, the things that did show were really cool, and some of the other things, you know, obviously like some updates on Spider Man as well. Uh, so yeah, I, I do think it ended up being a pretty okay show. Um, I still think his Game Awards from last year was amazing. Like I, I actually think that was probably the best show he's done. Mm-hmm. You know, minus the uh, you know like the fifteen minute speech by uh, God of War <laughs> Kratos and and the Bill Clinton kid. You know, those were those were fun, but also like I you know to kind of yeah drag it on a bit, but um. Yeah, I, I still thought like that show was really good, and compared to that, uh, this one just felt a bit like underwhelming. But um, you know, for you know, since every other game studio is doing stuff during this time, it's kind of hard to pick announcements that you could kind of keep for yourself. Like you mm-hmm. know, he had a like okay, I guess like Sony let him have the release date for Spider Man, and uh, I don't think Microsoft let him have anything actually. Yeah. About it. <laughs> but um, you know, it's kind of hard for him to get the scraps of whatever was left. But uh, I mm-hmm. think he did a pretty okay job. I, I just think the pacing just needs work. But I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, like I think in comparison to like E3 because uh, he did like a podcast thing and he talked about like yeah. his reputation as being like the E3 killer and he views it as like E3 killed itself and not Summer Games Fest because yeah. in reality like Summer Games Fest isn't that big of a event but for mm-hmm. yeah. just like day one that happened for this like uh, conference whatever panel um, I think that it was alright I think that I think that Jeff Keighley was able to like have fun with the audience and sort of, you know, crack jokes and, you know, sort of also bring like new and exciting things to uh, the stage, you know, like, for example, fucking uh, Nicolas Cage and Dead by Daylight yeah, and, yeah. and having him talk for talk about video games when he's probably never played a video game in his life was very entertaining and very funny. But then again, there yeah. were also other moments within the show, like when that guy came out to talk about Alan Wake 2 and he was just talking about the game. And I was like, fucking show us, like have some B-roll, have something going on in the background yeah. for the e-stream, you know, because I think that that would have helped the show a little bit instead of just having this guy talk about the game, you know, show us a little bit, maybe, you know, have some B-roll in there. Um, but yeah, like you said, pacing is definitely like a thing that needs to be worked on. But I do think that Jeff Keighley himself was having a lot of fun with it. You know, like that whole like uh, DoorDash thing with Final Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right before you was like Final Fantasy fans get excited because this shit is sponsored by DoorDash. I was like, this is so funny because they are. Dude. I, I was like, got debated. <laughs> I got debated so hard because I'm like, oh yeah, hell yeah, we're gonna see the the rebirth trailer, and then I'm like, okay, I guess not. <laughs> and then by the end, I, I really didn't think he would close the show with it, so I was just like, oh, I guess we're not getting a trailer for this game because Square was releasing like a bunch of weird tweets and stuff. So I'm like, okay, we're definitely gonna see it in this uh, the show, and then I, I I just didn't expect it to be the final thing. So <laughs> that, that was that was cool. But yeah, that, that was a great debate. Good good job, Jeff. I, I laughed. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but what do you think about his like reputation about being like? the um, e3 killer um yeah i mean what he said is is more accurate being like yeah he he didn't kill e3 it's more like e3 just killed itself because you know i don't know the esa which is a bunch of assholes and like none of the companies really wanted to work with them anymore so it just made like you know once sony broke away i feel like a lot of the hype for e3 was sort of dying mm-hmm. and then obviously covid happened and then all momentum for e3 just died at that point um and yeah i think he's just right on that aspect i think jeff Keighley uh does a good job sort of being like a I guess, like, a replacement for E3. But, you know, I, I won't lie saying I do miss E3. Like, I, I do miss the big press conferences and stuff. Like, it's always was an exciting time, like, in June to watch all these press conferences, at least to me anyway. Obviously, some were boring, and you got some cringe moments, but that comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mostly agree with him that, yeah, E3 
kind of just killed itself and he didn't really do anything <laughs> to like you know he just kind of like was there to like pick up the pieces basically um and yeah for I, I do appreciate jeff Keeley for like doing what he does and like still making us you know like decent shows and stuff for for game announcements and stuff because um you know i i just like these game show things you know i think they're just fun to watch i like being hyped with people so mm-hmm. um yeah so i think he is doing a good job with these shows and i agree with his statement here so yeah, yeah, so let's get into the three announcements we got here. Uh, so first, let's talk about Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, because that was like the first yeah. game that they really opened up with. And it's really caught my eye, not just because it was yeah. a, a 2D platformer action adventure, but because it actually looked really, really cool with like the it art does. style and everything and like the mechanics that they were showing off. So yeah, I mean, I've never played a Prince of Persia game in depth. Me either. Yeah. So this might be my first one just because it, it is in a genre that I am 100% down with. Um, and it is nice seeing that Ubisoft is working on stuff just because I know that, you know, they've been slowly trying to get back into Assassin's Creed and everything like that. But, you know, by seeing, like, Capcom, of all companies, you know, sort of have, like, this sort of big resurgence within the uh, gaming space, it's like, all right, well, where's where's Ubisoft, you know? Yeah, apparently this is made by the same people that made the the Rayman games, like the Rayman Legends and Origins. Like, it's those same people that were making those games. Mm -hmm. So that even caught my eye even more. But yeah, I think the game looks great graphically. Like, I like its art style. It looks really fun and fast-paced. Like, it looks just... Graphically, I think it looks great. Um, And just looks like a very not Ubisoft thing they would do. Like, Mm -hmm. same thing with the Rayman games. Like, it's very, like... Like, oh, it's just a game. Like, it's just a good game. Here you go. It's no microtransaction stuff. Like, you know, some of the recent <laughs> Assassin's Creed stuff. Um, it's just like, here's a really cool looking 2D, like, sort of uh, action adventure game. And, um, yeah, I think it looks great. It, it, you know, I Ubisoft games have always been, like, sort of meh for me. Like, I've I, obviously, you know, we both like the, the Rayman games. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Far Cry I would play, uh, you know, whenever, if someone wants to play it with me or whatever. I'm like, I don't mind Far Cry that much. I've never really been that into Assassin's Creed. So, um yeah, and Prince of Persia, I've never really gone to try. So yeah, like you said, this might be the first one I tried because uh, <laughs> this really caught my eye. It, it looks, it looks really cool. Yeah, and I think that this is actually like a strong game to open up with. Yeah, mostly because it's like also like brand recognition. It's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, Prince of Persia. That, that's a thing we haven't seen. In a bit. <laughs> but uh, this one, this fucking game came out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so the Sonic Superstars. It's it's a new two D Sonic game, but it's not pixel art it's like 3d and it looks really good well not 3d you know what i mean 2.5d mm-hmm. and it looks really good uh this came out of nowhere i i haven't heard anything about them making a new 2d sonic game um and yeah i think this looks great it seems to be taking inspiration from things like um new super mario brothers or uh the the new kirby 2d games and stuff where it's like you could play with four players and it's like obviously that 2.5d style mm-hmm. so that's kind of cool i think that's something sonic hasn't done before and it makes it different from you know something like sonic mania which was like yeah just like sonic actually sonic 4 this yeah. is like it's like a, a brand new sort of idea for 2d sonic well looking really beautiful like i think it looks great and just having an identity with it having like co-op and stuff unfortunately it's only local apparently which is really dumb uh but yeah either way i think it looks really cool um apparently it's also worth like 60 dollars which is like a lot (laughs) (laughs) uh i'm like that's a lot but i also feel like i'm of the i I talked about this before but i feel like if you're really into a genre 
you know, like a platformers and stuff, and you want like high production value, I think you just gotta suck it up. Like, you know, things like Ratchet and Clank and Crash 4 and stuff, like, I feel like I, I felt they were worth the $60. And mm-hmm. honestly, sometimes I feel like the developers feel like they have to put too much stuff in there until it feels bloated to be worth 60 Like, Crash 4 got the complaints of 100%ing it because it just felt too much of a yes. slog, but, they, <laughs> but they, they wanted to put that content so it felt worth the money, even though I think it didn't really need it. Same yeah. thing with Mario Odyssey. Like, I think like Mario Odyssey put in so much shit where I just felt like it, it kind of hurt the game at the end mm-hmm. just to make it feel like it's worth $60. And I don't know. I feel like Ratchet Riff Apart just didn't care and just like, you were just making this really high quality platformer and just like, like it. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> and I really did like it. So, um, I don't know. I feel like this game's just a really polished, like, you know, just solid 2D Sonic game. I'm okay with that. Same thing with Metroid Dread. Metroid Dread was $60 and it was only like 10 hours. I was okay with that because it was fucking great. <laughs> so, yeah, I think like if the game is good and like it looks great, then I'm okay with that, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, for this game's announcement, I was upstairs getting water, and my girlfriend was yelling at me. She was like, Sonic, 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 come downstairs. But, like, I can't hear her with the fucking headset upstairs. So then when I came down, I was like, what what happened? She's like, Sonic. I was like, oh, shit. Fucking ran in my seat. (laughs) Fucking sat down and watched, like, the second half of the trailer. And, yeah, like, this game looks fucking great. It's being developed by Sonic Team, apparently. And, yeah, I mean, it does seem like a new direction for 2D Sonic, which we have not gotten since Sonic Mania, which might be a little daunting to them, but just because Sonic Mania was like literally perfect. Uh, yeah. But they're introducing multiplayer. It, if it has online, I think that that would be great because I think a lot of people would enjoy that and really that like so that. Fun. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just like having like all three of your friends just like play the other Sonic characters, and apparently there's going to be other skins. I wonder if you can switch between the the 32 bit to the uh 3d stuff or if that's just like part of the story fang's gonna be a part of it as well so (laughs) i hope that he's like the main antagonist maybe along with eggman uh but yeah i mean like this seems like a really cool sonic game it's been a while since we've gotten like multiple sonic games like in a row across Mm -hmm. years that seem to be pretty good so i hope that this one is able to stick the landing and obviously once it comes to uh 2d sonic games or sonic games in general like the momentum is going to be in question like a lot of people are wondering like is this going to be like sonic mania physics because if it is then it's going to be dope but you know this sonic team developing it and they're going to have like a different physics engine and everything like that so i hope that it's good um because you know that's my skeptical side of sonic speaking out just because i've been burnt too many times with this fucking franchise Uh, apparently a lot of the people that made mania like i don't think they're making it but apparently they could vouch for the for the physics and stuff like, I, I think christian whitehead was like yeah it, it's good so okay <laughs> apparently he said that but i was also that was my main concern too when i was seeing it. I'm like, this looks good but it's not made by like headcanon or whatever mm-hmm. so i don't know how good it's actually gonna be um i mean i i'm not one of those weirdo i'm not like those purest 2d sonic fans where i'm like this game has to fucking feel exactly <laughs> like sonic 2 also it's all like people complain about classic sonic and generations now i'm like he felt fine i, I don't yeah. know like i again I'm, we're not big 2d sonic purists like you know we grew up with adventure and stuff so we don't know mm-hmm. as much but you know as long as it doesn't feel like sonic 4 i guess that's fine because <laughs> even even as a casual fan I'm like okay sonic 4 does kind of feel like ass so yeah, um, yeah as long as it feels like generations I, I, i'll honestly be okay with that so yeah. um yeah, uh, I'm just happy, like you said, that we're actually getting multiple Sonic games again. Like, I feel like it's been such a long time since we've had, like, Sonic games yearly or, like, or back-to-back or something. Like, mm-hmm. it, it feels pretty good. So, uh, yeah, yeah hopefully, it's, hopefully it's good. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it's able to stick the landing. It's coming out later this year for the fall at $60, which, you know, may seem a it's little a pricey. Yeah, yeah, it is It is definitely a lot of money for a 2D Sonic game. But I think that uh, if they're putting the effort in and they're putting the production values into there, you know, I'll... 
fuck it, I'll pay that sixty dollars because I want I want them to know that we want more games like this, and if we could get a Sonic Superstars two within the following years, and this game actually ends up being good and successful, then I'm down. And like I said, I think it's just really cool. We got like two big budget two D like two point five D games. Like I think it's mm-hmm. really cool. You know, like same thing with Metroid Dread and stuff. And like I think there's still room in the market for like big quality like two point five D games like this. I, I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, the the big big thing <laughs> of the show was Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. So this is the sequel to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, and yeah, it looks fucking incredible. Uh, you know, graphics wise, it looks so goddamn good. Um, Story-wise, I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> you know, uh, even though it's a remake, apparently from like I've been hearing some insider stuff. People say it's basically its own game now. Like the first game followed story steps from you know from seven uh, or the original seven, uh, and this game looks like it's having some story beats from the original seven as well because they're going to Cosmo Canyon doing some stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it does seem to be taking like its own spin on it. I mean, this game is basically a sequel to seven. Like I don't want to spoil too much of what remake did, but yeah, it's it's fucking. Weird. <laughs> um but yeah i'm just glad it seems like the combat system is staying the same which is great i love the combat in seven remake and it looks like they're taking things from the integrate dlc where you could do like sort of like team up attacks with your with your different party members uh i think that's really great as well um like i mean yeah obviously the game just looks really fucking good i mean like look <laughs> at it look at all my boys uh <laughs> they look great uh <laughs> um and i guess sort of the big thing was like it's on two disc yeah. <laughs> apparently i don't know how big this game is gonna be at that point uh i mean jedi survivor was like 140 gigs and that was on one disc so that means this game has to be like 300 fucking gigabytes like what the (laughs) hell are they doing so i've been reading two things either this game is ginormous or the game is split into two different games because that again it's a thing at the end that that could be the case and my brother brought that up i'm like holy shit you might be right so whatever you're doing (laughs) with this game it's gonna be really wacky but um either way i'm very excited for it it looks great um i'm happy they're keeping the combat because that that combat was super sick um the game is open world which makes sense because the second half of final well i guess the main part of final fantasy 7 is obviously open world like you're going through the different areas of the world and stuff so um just being you know being on chocobos and having different objectives i think that looks great um and yeah i'm just really looking forward to it can't see i want want to see my girl tifa again (laughs) please (laughs) i mean Uh, yeah it looks great yeah i think the fact that the game is going to be on two discs is gonna be fucking it's insane especially for digital buyers it's gonna be like how big is this fucking game like actually like 300 gigs yeah well no this game is going to take up your whole memory. You, you're literally going to have to delete every single game you have on there and then just like download this game and then you can only play this game until you finish it, which may be for a while, uh, depending on what angle that they're taking with this. But yeah, it does seem like they are fulfilling what people want within this Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, it's um, it just looks really good and uh, I'm very excited for it. And I'm happy it's coming out early 2024 because mm-hmm. there was rumors that it was supposed to be coming out this year, which I feel like it would have been way too bloated with 16 already coming out. Like, I feel like you should let Final Fantasy 16 breathe by itself for like a year. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm happy it's coming out early 2024. And even though I, so this hasn't been officially announced yet, but I saw, <laughs> I already saw that Persona 3 is getting a remake and Zelda coming out uh, yeah. early 2024. So I, I really hope they're not that close to each other because Jesus Christ, <laughs> that'd be awful. Um, but I want to talk about that to the Xbox showcase because that's when they're actually going to show it. But I, I'm really excited for that as well. So yeah, um, yeah, great, great, great times to be alive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Atlas intern on the Instagram page is shitting, is shitting himself Dude, right now. <laughs> oh 
honestly, I, 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 I'm like, thank you, guy. Like, I appreciate it, but you, you fucked up. <laughs> you really fucked up. You done fucked up, kid. Uh, right. But moving on from there, we're going to talk about Marvel's Spider-Man 2 uh, because they did some press around the game with different outlets to t- sort of talk about how the game's going to work out. And also Summer Games Fest really revealed the release date of, uh, of October 20th and also confirmed that Venom is not Eddie Brock, which could just be them lying to us. Um, but <laughs> first, let's, let's just talk about what the game is going to offer. So you can switchly, freely switch between both Spider-Man. Uh, there's going to be unique missions and unique skill trees between Peter and Miles and also a shared mission slash. Mm-hmm. skill tree thing and they could not clarify if mj missions or other characters would be playable so i don't like that like <laughs> <laughs> you know the mj missions are pretty bad uh but if they decide to just can them all together i think everyone will cheer and rejoice if they have some new character missions uh whether that be mj or not i'm down with it but i think that what they're doing for this game especially with the different trees the different missions and sort of being able to switch freely between both spider-man is going to be a whole lot of fun yeah, I agree. Like, I think having, like, that on-the-fly switching is going to be really cool to do. Like, I don't know, like, how on-the-fly it's going to be. Like, I don't know if you're, like, in the open world. You could just be like, all right, Miles. And then you're just, you're just fucking Miles now. Yeah. Like, that'd be pretty sick. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. You know, hopefully the, you know, the skill trees are pretty, uh, you know, pretty robust and different for each other. Like, I'm guessing Peter's going to have, like, symbiote skills. And, like, uh, Miles is going to have his, like, Venom powers and uh, invisibility and stuff like he did in the... The Miles Morales game. So, mm-hmm. um, and again, I, I still don't like how they clarified the MJ stuff. Like, they're not very you know, <laughs> not confirming or denying it. So, I feel like that means it's confirmed, but I don't know. Again, I like MJ in these games. It's just, I don't, don't like playing as it. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very, very exciting stuff for the gameplay. Uh, and then they did another article sort of talking about the story. The story will be darker. Obviously, we are dealing with the symbiote, sense, yeah. uh, but it will have uh, heart and humor, just like. Uh, the previous adventures uh, Yuri Lowenthal who's playing Peter Parker slash Spider-Man did do research on like how addiction works and sort of using that oh, to <laughs> elevate the story so yeah and, and also Insomniac Games did study how previous incarnations of Spider-Man handled the symbiote which is very exciting because obviously like the symbiote and Venom and like Black Suit Spider-Man are like pretty big within the Spider-Man mythos and they did a conscious decision to not have the black suit be a suit within um, the first game because they were like, do we, we want it to be a cosmetic or do we want to like blow it up into a story? Which I'm fucking glad that they like made those conscious decisions because it's like any other game studio would have been like, yeah, fuck it. Just like put put black suit black in there. Suit. Yeah. But like they love and care for this story and, and these characters that they're like, all right, we're just going to do it within the second game. So yeah i mean like you know these them just like talking about the story even though it's not like you know sort of them like outright saying certain things it just has me excited to see exactly what they have cooking over there you know <laughs> yeah it, it, like you said like they, they seem to have like a lot of care for this universe and these characters and stuff and you know it really shows with like how much care they're putting into this mm-hmm. and um you know i think they're doing really cool stuff with the whole symbiote and venom stuff like it seems like they want to you know, they said, like, they don't want this to be, like, your standard run-of-the-mill, like, Venom story, because we've mm-hmm. all seen that before. Yeah. So it seems like they really want to make something unique and different, uh, which is really cool. Like, I think the Asoniac universe is pretty cool in general. Like, I think they've they've done a lot of different stuff, and I'm happy to see it, how it evolves, like, from there. Like, honestly, all the Spider-Man media that's been coming out has been, like very different and and i just really appreciate that because you know uh, there was a time where we just kept seeing uncle ben died i'm like okay we get it you know so I, I'm, I'm happy that they're really branching out to be all these different things that spider-man can be mm-hmm. um and i just think that's really cool <laughs> yeah i mean 
Insomniac Games, they were definitely indeed cooking and they left some stuff out for the Summer Game Showcase. Like I said, October 20th is the confirmed release date. They showed off new concept art and the box art. Uh, you know, they Looks keep, sick. They keep yeah. reiterating this thing is like it's called Spider-Man 2 because there's two Spider-Mans. So obviously they're both on the cover. Um, I did not notice when they first showed it out, but you could see like the symbiote thing run across Peter's arm, which is pretty dope. Yeah, um, it's really cool. And then they clarified the deluxe editions, pre-order bonuses, and of course the collector's edition which will be $230 and pre-orders are going up next Friday. So, uh, yeah, I mean, October 20th, what are your thoughts on that, Damien? I thought it was going to be a November game, if not December game, if they needed it, but it seems like that they are pretty ready to release it. Yeah, from the rumors, apparently people were saying it was September. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what I was hearing. But he, having a, I, I was gonna, I also thought it was going to be like November because that's usually when they release these things. Mm-hmm. But having it October, I'm like, yeah, man, like October 20th. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot sooner than I thought it was going to come out, which is fantastic. Because, mm-hmm. uh, again, like you said, I, I was betting on a November release date. So um, having it come out October, uh, that is just so good. Uh, <laughs> I'm very much ready for this game. You know, they, they said the game was going to be like a lot bigger than the first game. Uh, yeah. I'm just excited to play as, you know, I'm excited to use new symbiote powers. I'm excited to see how the story is, you know, like Venom looks so sick in this. Like I'm, I'm really excited to see how his role plays in all of this. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I, I'm definitely, I'm very excited for this. Um, and like you said, I, I think the only thing, the only real improvement I really want from this game is like the open world side activities, right? Yeah. Yeah, like like you said, they're, they're, they're okay. They're, 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 they're whatever. So I hope yeah. they improve on those. Like those are my biggest complaint about the first Spider-Man game. But uh, everything else is very fantastic, and to just make it bigger and better, I'm definitely down with that. Also, this collector's edition again. I was telling Travis before the podcast, it looks so sick. Like, <laughs> I, 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 like I don't know if I'm about to spend 230 on it. Like I might. It looks so good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see. My only thing with this is that it doesn't come with the physical game, which is a fucking bummer. But, oh, it doesn't. Yeah, um, it suck. Because it's from PlayStation Direct. I know that they're, for the most part, pretty good like getting things out. Uh, because I remember I got a PS5 through PlayStation Direct. And it was... It was at my house within like a day or two. I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like the shipping is so fast. And I think it's because right. they have warehouses within the the coast or whatever. So like mm. it, it doesn't have to ship all the way from like California or whatever. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, because pre-orders for this along with everything else are going to go up next Friday at 10 a.m. local time, which means 10 a.m. wherever you are. So apparently it's going to drop six separate times throughout the U.S. Uh, so if you have like a VPN or whatever and you want to do that, sure. But I'm sure you, you, you're you going to be paying like up the ass for like uh, fucking shipping or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, $230 for this collector's edition is a bit steep, especially since I'm not getting a physical game. But fuck it, I'll do it. And then I'll buy the physical game when it goes on sale or whatever, you know? <laughs> we, we are um what do you think about the uh 10 unique suits that come with the deluxe edition um so are they like like they're like locked to this yes apparently for these suits in particular they're locked to these uh digital deluxe editions so that's a little unfortunate because um the way uh uh, Riff Apart did it was that you could get all the suits like in the game that you just got it early. Mm-hmm. I felt like the Pipe Shed, it looks like they're doing that with the pre order bonuses, but I feel like the Digital Deluxe having like, a, like, this is a lot of suits <laughs> yeah. that are like, like locked behind this. I think that's a little not great. Uh, I think they should have just done it like they did in Riff Apart, but, um, Hey, I guess if they want the extra money, then go ahead, I guess. But yeah, I, I still feel like I, I would have liked it. They did the early unlock thing like they did with Riff Apart. Yeah. I think that was a good middle ground, but, um, 
I guess if that's how they want to do it, I guess that's just how they're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. My guess is that this was like a Sony decision. I feel like in some yeah. games, uh, you know, just like being a little biased here, but I feel like that they would have wanted it to be similar to how they've done the previous releases with like pre-order bonuses and everything like that, where like, hey, you know, you can get them early, but you can obviously unlock them through the game. So the fact that they're giving us 10 suits here, five for each Spider-Man is pretty cool. In my opinion, I think most of the suit designs are kind of underwhelming or not exactly all that hype. Um, but maybe they'll look better in game because it looks like a lot of these look like sort of just like art. You know, it's not like in game models because I know the pre order bonuses, those look a lot more accurate to like what you would see within the game. Yeah. Uh, I think the Miles ones look better. Like, I think the <laughs> Peter Weiss look as good. But yeah, it, it's still, I, I still feel like Pirate Ship in, in the game, like, you know, legit getting mm-hmm. them in the game. But yeah, I guess what, you, what are you going to do? You know? Yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure we're going to learn more about this game at least one more time, if not a few more, before the game comes out, which is going to be exciting. But yes, yeah, I mean, just fucking just get me to October 20th already. Like, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to request off work for that weekend and everything. Don't bother me. I actually do not bother <laughs> me. <laughs> uh yeah right. so now we're gonna get into the last part of the show which may be the biggest uh we're gonna talk about spider-man across the spider-verse we're gonna talk about full spoilers if you haven't seen the movie just go fucking see it just go see it <laughs> it's like a masterpiece a perfect sequel yep. literally everything you can ask for from a spider-man film um but yeah we're just gonna talk about the movie freely so damien what did you think about it because you saw it most recently out of me despite me seeing it yeah. three times by the way i've seen it three times i saw it thursday night i saw it friday the day after then i saw it this past wednesday uh, yeah, I fucking loved it. <laughs> um, I thought it was incredible. Like you said, it feels like a perfect sequel. You know, it just picks up straight from, uh, you know, Spider-Verse uh, 1 or Into the Spider-Verse. And, you know, I think it does a great job just with basically everything. Like, it does a great job with the characters. I think that was my favorite part about the, the movie was just, like, how much time is spent with the different characters and, like, just seeing how they evolve from the first movie and, like, all all of that personal growth and stuff and mm-hmm. seeing how that goes in the third movie, I'm very excited for. Um, the animation is even more insane than the first movie, which yes. is crazy to me. <laughs> um, they do a lot more mixed media stuff, which is, like, really cool because of all the d- different dimension hopping and stuff. Um the um i mean the only sad part is that it ended <laughs> like yeah. that, that was the only thing that i didn't like about the movie that it ended um but yeah just overall i think the movie was fantastic like if i i don't know how i feel if it's better than the the first movie right now just because it's very clearly a part one i mean we all knew that it was gonna be a yeah. part one mm-hmm. but uh you know i still feel like maybe spider-verse one is like just a bit better just because it's obviously like a full full movie like you know you mm-hmm. it has a you know beginning middle end this one i'm like shit nania wait god damn it <laughs> <laughs> so um but yeah it's still fucking amazing like you know it's it's so goddamn good uh I, i'm it's so great that they were able to make such a great sequel since that was my major concern when they were making this is if they were able to recapture the same magic of spider-verse one and they definitely did i i think they did a fantastic job with this and they just made i guess a story like just a a coming of age story with miles into like this whole big multiverse meta thing with like, yeah. like canon and stuff. I'm like, they did it so well. And yeah, I, I just thought, I thought it was really good. Just overview thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I am, I'm literally in love with this film. This shit is so amazing and so good. Like I, really enjoyed seeing it the second time around just because i was able to pick up on so many more yeah, details i really i really feel like i have to watch it a second time. yeah like. and and like that two hour 20 minute sort of uh runtime i it all three times did not feel like two hours at I, all i didn't feel it at all yeah i, I didn't was feel like, that shit at all yo like two hours just went by that's crazy i could go again honestly which i did yeah. um 
but yeah i just i just love everything that this movie does not just with miles but with gwen like i did not yep, expect yeah. gwen to be such a big character and have her world be so visually pleasing like the way that mm-hmm. they captured her look from the comics into animation was beautiful i fucking loved everything that they did with gwen especially since because it seems like that her story reflects of the lgbtq plus community because obviously yeah. she has like that sign that says protect trans kids but on top of that her story of her dad accepting her as spider-man is something similar that i think people within the lgbtq community can also relate to and i think a lot of people on twitter have been picking up on that whether or not gwen is trans within the movie it's just beautiful that they were able to tell this story that can relate to someone that can recognize that as like their own story because once again chris miller and phil lord they are geniuses they know what the fuck they're doing they planted seeds within into the spider verse that will connect back to this movie the fact that the the 42 spider when when miles got bit you saw the the colors change from that first shot of like purple turn into red and blue. And I was like, okay, yeah, like they, they, they had a roadmap, they had a roadmap and they knew what they were doing and they fucking executed it within this film. And yeah, yeah, like I just, I just love everything that they did with Gwen's story because she really is like the main character within this film. You know, her story has a beginning, middle and end. Meanwhile, Miles' story, you know, picks up of, you know, like maybe half an hour into the film and doesn't conclude until beyond the spider verse. And yeah, every single character besides them two are great. You know, I think that the way that they introduced the Spider Society with Jessica Drew and uh, Miguel O'Hara as as a twenty ninety nine Spider Man, like I think that it was just great, fantastic. I just love everything about the opening sequence. Yeah, the whole opening sequence was just focused on Gwen and like her stuff was like really good. Mostly because I didn't expect it. Like you know, mm-hmm. I, I just expected to just jump right into Miles and stuff. Yeah, but, uh, you know, having her stuff and her like sort of like backstory stuff with like peter turning into the lizard and stuff and like Mm -hmm. having to confront her dad like well she does that later but you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. (laughs) like running away and stuff uh with um with 2099 into the spider society stuff i thought all that stuff was done really well um you know like you said i I don't know if she if they are alluding that she's trans because there's a lot of like signs like in the yeah. movie, like both visually and like just there, like just how it is. I don't know if that's what they're really going for, but I don't know if I'm in my own head about it. But like you said, it's, it is a good allegory, which is how she's like, you know, doing all that stuff. Even like the colors is like it's all like the um, trans flag colors. So yeah. again, I, I don't know if that's like what they're really going for, mm-hmm. but it's working well. <laughs> so like, yeah. I, I guess that's what they're going for. Um, but yeah, either way, I think Gwen is a fantastic character in this movie. And, and actually, I, now that you say that, it, it, you're right. Like it does feel like she is the main character in this movie having her beginning middle of end because mm-hmm. at the end she's like yeah basically like you know had her whole thing with her dad yeah. and uh teaming up with all the i guess the actual good spider people <laughs> <laughs> to, to help miles so yeah 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 actually, again this is, i really need to watch this movie again yeah <laughs> like this is I, this like, is what happens where you see it three times bro <laughs> like i just yeah. I, I, I just see everything <laughs> yeah so yeah i i love what it did with gwen i i think uh her character was super good in this movie um you know mostly because i feel like in the first spider-verse it was more focus on miles and peter b parker mm-hmm. like you know their mentorship and stuff and you know the one thing from that movie like, i wish gwen was in it more and this movie is basically just made her the second protagonist so i think that was done really well um another thing i really like about this movie is that they don't go into the spider-verse like immediately like mm-hmm. they, they spend a lot of time with miles like at home dealing with his home stuff you know yeah um, you know him with his parents and sort of figuring out who he is he wants to spread out his wings you know uses that typical <laughs> stuff but it is done really well um and you know the spot i think is great like i think you know he's a great like sort of comedic villain mm-hmm. turned into like this crazy fucking like 
like object horror or anything. <laughs> but yeah, like the things with Miles and like you know him, uh, his quiet moments with his, uh, you know, with his family and like with uh, Gwen and stuff. I thought that stuff was done really well. It really showed how Miles really improved from the first Spider Verse. Like he has a lot more confidence now. You know, he's a lot more, uh, yeah, just confident in his abilities as Spider Man. Um, and yeah, I just thought that stuff was done really well. And I just didn't expect the movie to like really take its time with that stuff. And, yeah. you know, I think that's why I love that this movie was like two hours long because like I think it deserved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when a movie went because most animated movies are like an hour and 30 minutes and I feel like you can't do anything at that time anymore. Like like a lot of character moments are the first things to go when when you make a movie that short. And I, I yeah. feel like this movie would hurt a lot if you didn't have all those those character moments because I feel like it really hinges on that, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that when you're comparing another like animated movie, like the Mario movie, you know, there weren't a lot of those like character moments. There was maybe like a few, but there wasn't all that many. This movie, it takes its fucking time in showing Mm -hmm. you having these conversations with these characters, whether it's Gwen and her dad or Miles and his family. Like you can see that their relationships are being affected because they're spider people, because of their responsibility to protect the city and be who they are. And I just love that about the film that they, you know, they are not afraid of just having these scenes and these moments that of, of, of them just like talking to each other, you know, like one of the biggest scenes within this movie is when miles is, is explained what the spider verse is, you know, having, having all of those like cameos and sort of those videos of like the other Spider-Man movies, fucking spectacular yeah. Spider-Man was in there. Yeah, I was like, yes, was there. let's fucking go. You know what? Sony, Sony is using their licenses and what they have up on their arsenal to to its biggest effect within this movie and you know i just love that they were able to just take their time tell the story that they wanted to tell to its fullest extent even though you know this is only part one out of part two this part one is so fucking good and like um just having you know him be be spider-man and be miles morales and having him go home and you know having him fuck up the cake and having him fuck up the guidance counselor meeting and and everything like that i'm like that's that's what it means to be spider-man you know and you see him on that on on that uh, train ride home being like so just like annoyed that like he has to like do these things so that you know like help uh you know stop that guy on that fucking train or uh what's it called with that uh shoe thief and shit like that you know like you can see that he's like it would just be so much easier if if he just told them and obviously you know Gwen sort of shifts his opinion to be like don't tell them but obviously you know later on he tells you know Earth 42 uh Rio and instead of his own mom but that'll prep him when he hopefully comes back home <laughs> yeah so yeah it, it, it's just I really just do appreciate like all those moments and like you said with the Mario movie like I saw the major complaint with that movie was the fast pacing with the Mario movie mm-hmm. and like how they basically had like no character moments at all it just had to be set piece set piece set piece um you know, that's why I like this movie. Like, you know, it doesn't treat you like a dumb little baby boy. Like, like you know, it really, like, yeah, it has, like, you know, it sits you down. Like, it has all these good character moments and stuff. And obviously, the movie's still, like, funny and stuff. Like, you know, it still, yeah. like, has a lot of great jokes and stuff. But, you know, it really takes its time to tell its story and stuff. And I think that's great. Like, it doesn't feel like a dumb kids animated movie right like it doesn't feel like it's ever talking down to me or anything like it definitely just feels like it's using animation as an art form to like sort of express itself in ways that live action can't you know Mm -hmm. so um i I think all that stuff was done really well um and yeah i guess like in terms of like the actual like 
Spider-Verse type stuff, you know. Spider Society was really cool to see, like you said, like all the yeah. all the cameos are insane. Like I, I try to keep my eyes really peeled for every cameo I can see, but you can't. <laughs> like you yeah, have no. to watch this movie twice. Yes. I really have to go I have to go by it frame by frame to like see all the different Spider-Man <laughs> references. Um but yeah, I noticed the big ones, like obviously like the Insomniac Spider-Man was there. Uh that was really cool to see <laughs> to see him there. Uh Spectacular was there. Uh the live action stuff, the fucking Danny Glover <laughs> as Prowler. Yeah, Donald Glover, Donald. <laughs> Uh, Don- Donald Glover, I'm sorry. Donald Glover as uh, Prowler. You know, obviously that was um, in Homecoming, where it's like, oh, yeah, look, this is my uncle. And then like, nothing <laughs> ever came from that. So it was cool to see that fully realized in this movie. That, that was really cool. Um, so, yeah, all those references and stuff was really cool. But again, I feel like the movie wasn't like hinged on that either. Like, it's not yes. like. It's not like this movie needed all those references to be good. Again, I I, I don't know why I, pre- I keep bringing down the Mario movie, but like it's good. <laughs> I, I like the Mario movie, but the Mario movie did feel like look at that, look at that. That's cool, right? Like this movie does that too, but it doesn't feel like it needs that because the story is like good. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I, I I do appreciate this movie like of how it handled all its references and cameos as just being like yeah, the references and cameos, but they're not like a huge like deal. You know, like just like oh shit, that's cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just it's just to those people that love Spider Man to really point and be like oh my god, that's a thing. You know, like fucking the first live action thing or. Maybe not the first. The first one was from uh, the convenience store lady from Venom. Yeah, Venom, but the second yeah. one was Donald Glover as the Prowler. Which, if you guys know anything about Miles Morales and his history with um, from the comic books up until now, it's like you know Donald Glover wanted to play a Spider Man when talks were going around about like who should be the the next live action Spider Man. Donald Glover was like one of the people that was like really you know adamant about it and uh, that sort of spawned off into Brian Michael Bendis creating Miles Morales and and that face for Miles within the original run of the comics is based off of Donald Glover and Donald Glover obviously uh, eventually went to, went on to go and play uh, I think Miles Morales within uh, certain cartoons and things like that and then obviously he was in the MCU as as a uh, Uncle Davis because you know he is he's kind of kind of old at this point but yeah I mean yeah. like his inclusion within this film, even though it was only for like a short period of time, like, you know, it was just so, so fucking cool. And obviously all of the other ones, spectacularly Spider-Man, you know, I just, I love Josh Keaton so much and seeing him after the film came out and him going on Twitter and, and on these live streams, explaining like his story and his perspective of like what happened with the deal yeah, saw that. was yeah. just so, so, so cool, but also like, so fucking disappointing with how like Disney and, and everything handled it. Like he thought he was going to be within that Avengers crossover. And then he watches it and he's like, wait, that's not me. I was like, that's, yeah, that's fucked <laughs> up. That is yeah. so fucked up. Um, but yeah, you know, my hopes for season three of Spider-Man still live on as much copium as I huff. It probably will never happen, but the day it fucking happens, man, if they, if they do like a fucking spectacular Spider-Man movie, even to just like close everything off. I don't fucking care. Give me something yeah. with Josh Keen back in that role because every single time I see him within something Spider-Man related, I, I just get excited because he is, he is my definitive version of Spider-Man voice and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. So like all those cameos were really good. Um, and I guess that just goes into like, also just like, like I said, like just the animation. Like I, I really like how they use all the mixed media animation. Yeah. From like the live action, they had like a Lego segment that was really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. They had, um, yeah, they just had like whatever, uh, spider punk was supposed to be like that collage <laughs> effect. So yes. cool. Like that's such a cool effect. Um, so yeah, the animation was just insane. Again, I, I don't know how they made it better than the original, but the, the animation was just so, so good. Just, yeah. again, obviously from the moments, like just how the, the 
the thing of Ravi looks, but just from all the other stuff, oh, man, it looks so good. Especially, like, the chase scene when all the mm-hmm. Spider-Men are, are chasing Miles. That whole segment <laughs> is just so good. Just seeing all the Spider-People doing their weird shit. Like, like the cowboy Spider-Man has, like, a like a pistol web shooter thing. <laughs> like, it's just really cool to see all, all these dumb Spider-People, like, fight and stuff. So, yeah. um, I, I, that segment was really good. And just, like... You know, just how relentless like twenty ninety nine was and trying to get him, like just mm-hmm. from changing the the canon was like yeah. really cool. Also, I I just really appreciate how this movie seems to be like a, a this weird meta like narrative thing where yes. it's like like no that like Spider Man has to stick to to the canon. There's no you can't ever change Spider Man. He always has to have a dead uncle. He always has to have a police chief that's dead. Like you know, this is just the canon, or else the world will go away. So it's obviously a very meta thing with like Miles being like, "Well, why does it have to be that way? Why can't people yeah. make new stuff? Why we, why can't we do new stories?" So and, and it doesn't feel like ham fisted either. Like, it's not like all right, so like. Here's another fucking weird example. Like, Final Fantasy VII Remake also does the same thing, but handled, like, a lot poorer than this, than this one. Because mm-hmm. VII Remake does it in a very ham-fisted way, where it's like, okay, I get it. This movie, I feel it feels a lot more natural and just, like... It obviously, it makes sense with multiverse stuff in general, because, like, Marvel probably dabbles a lot into that. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, I just like the way they're doing it and how like the canon like is like just presented in this being like this ultimate thing where it's like nah it doesn't have to be so yeah i, I think that's really cool most because miles is always like an enigma in terms of like spider-man anyway so especially yeah. this spider-verse one because you know his spider is from a different dimension anyway so um I, I think that's just a really cool meta way for being like yeah spider-man stories don't always have to be the same thing all the time you know yeah i mean like just going back on the whole like animation thing real quick like that's the one thing that i can really say that is like 100 percent better than the first movie the fucking animation is just so good so amazing they really take advantage of it being animated compared to like what a a live action movie would be because you know one of the first things that i noticed was when gwen was chasing after that uh renaissance uh vulture was like when when she jumped from her apartment into the crime scene they used animation to transition it so smoothly and so effectively for you to probably not even notice that like oh yeah like she probably swung for like probably you know a couple more minutes before she actually got there but they used animation in a way that it just looks so fucking good um and yeah i mean just going back to like the whole like canon thing like the the way that they introduce it to us where it's like gwen watch it there's a canon event happening and like they sort of explain it to the audience before we we get into that whole like multiverse sort of explanation and i think that that is obviously very meta but also just like a very good way to like tell this story of miles morales of of someone that is like why can't we just do both why can't we just save everyone and obviously like he's still young he's still you know within his infancy as spider-man because within the comics like literally like his mom dies to venom and it's like so insane and so crazy obviously like his 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 uncle got his uncle is, is gone too, but you know, yeah. a bunch of other shit was going on within that iteration of the character that it's like this version of, of, you know, Miles is like, well, if his parents are alive, you know, he's like happy go lucky, you know, he, he, he loves being Spider-Man and it's yeah. like, do they have to break him? Do they have to, you know, have all of these like tragic events happen for him to be Spider-Man? Not necessarily. And I think mm-hmm. that the way that they explain the canon events by using 20 or not 20, spider-man india as like the first sort of like event to show like it has to stick with the canon or else the universe is going to fall apart and having 2099's character sort of be proof of that you need to follow the canon or else everything's going to shatter is like so good to have him be like the opposite side of miles you know obviously 
that one part after they send Gwen back home, they're like, we're the good guys, all right? And I'm like, okay, bro, all right. Um, <laughs> what did he say, man? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like the the whole canon stuff is just like so insane. And it's it's also very funny how people are misinterpreting what like a canon event is. It doesn't necessarily have to be like a fucking death, you know? It, it can yeah. also be something like uh, Spider-Man kissing Mary Jane or like obviously the spider biting them, you know? Like those aren't necessarily bad things to happen but those are events that happen within almost every iteration of spider-man as a character thus far yeah i mean i'm definitely gonna you know i'm definitely guessing like they're not gonna break my i mean i hope they don't like in the next movie <laughs> but it's probably gonna be because you know uh peter b parker had a great like sort of uh speech with miles being like yeah like i wouldn't have a kid or i wouldn't have anything if it mm-hmm. wasn't for you so like they're basically alluding to the fact same thing with gwen like when it wouldn't be the same person without miles at this point yeah so I, I guess they're both saying like yeah like breaking the canon is like yeah it's like okay like they're, they're clearly fine at, at the moment so um like yeah i think like these things could happen in mm-hmm. this universe and things will be fine and i think that's probably what's going to end up like being the main thing at the end of the movie or at the end of the trilogy is being like yeah you could break the canon and like, yeah nothing like it will be fine so because mm-hmm. you know peter b parker and and spider gwen both like shown that yeah you it, it, it's fine because miles both you know miles isn't from their dimension and they influence them but like a lot so mm-hmm. yeah i think that's just a way of showing that as well yeah because it's like you know mayday as like a fucking you know cute baby that was that was great i fucking loved her yeah. I, I did not know about the uh the, the, oh, the mask part yeah uh, the little on the hat thing yeah <laughs> that was so cute i was like man yeah. i fucking love this character we need more of her but um yeah we need more like baby spiders <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you know just like her just like his one-on-one talk with miles you know even though that was like his one like big scene you know yeah. peter Peter B. Parker definitely took a backseat within this Peter, film, but yeah. I think that it was for the better because th- this is Miles' story now, and and having him sort of st- still play that mentor figure within that one scene where he's like trying to like explain to him like I had Mayday because you're a good kid and I wanted to have a kid just like you, and I'm like that's fucking crazy. And even with Spider Gwen, it's not just the fact that you know she's friends with Miles; it's also the fact that when she left, her dad quit the force, so yeah. now he's not gonna die within that freak accident as as being captain. So you know, and she was like completely fine with that happening because obviously like you know she was not on good terms with her father but because she left she also broke the canon in some regards yeah. as well so you know obviously like you know canon events and everything like that it's the, the, honestly the more i talk about it, the the more confusing it, it kind of gets so i'm gonna talk about honestly probably the highlight for a lot of people's uh character within this movie which was fucking spider punk you know he wasn't in yeah. the film for a whole lot but you know hobie brown was like the goat daniel he was the goat yeah <laughs> daniel kaluuya you know he he is perfect in this fucking role the, every single line that he did was awesome amazing i loved this version of spider punk which apparently is very close to the comics i've read one issue of spider gideon which was like a spider verse sort of like crossover thing that they did after spider verse came out um the uh, first one anyways um and i read that issue and i was like yes yeah, Spider-Punk seems pretty cool, but I didn't know that he was like, you know, this sort of like rebellious guy and sort of just like did not give a fuck about the system and everything. So, yeah, you know, I just I just love this character and I hope that we get more of him along with all of the other spider people within the next film. Yeah, it's actually crazy because during the press talk, they were saying like, oh, there was going to be like this weird love triangle between Gwen, Miles, and him. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that, that sounds kind of dumb. And then it just didn't do that, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was just a homie the whole way through. <laughs> like, he just helped Miles because like throughout the whole movie, he was just like, you know, he like 
he's like, yeah, screw the establishment, screw spider yeah. society. <laughs> like, like he's like, yeah, you got to use your palms when you're using your venom powers. Or like, yeah. he gave you know, uh, gave them the um, his bootleg like dimension hopper yeah. thingy as well. So um, yeah, he's just a homie the whole way through. <laughs> Performance was great as well. Like, and again, like I said, animation on him so good. Like, I, I yes. love his weird his weird animation style. So good. So yes, yeah, uh, he was a highlight. Yeah, apparently he's like animated differently as well. Like twos, threes, or or whatever I saw on Twitter it was like he was like animated like differently so like when you saw like the different effects happening happening on him you know it just it just looked cooler so this is crazy man there's <laughs> so much effort into this fucking movie yeah which is why like when when i hear the fact that it's coming out at the end of march in 2024 i'm like is that actually gonna make it because i'm like well apparently they were making they were making this at the same time because it was supposed to be one movie and then they split mm-hmm. it so it's like yeah it doesn't really surprise me that much because they were making this at the same time because yeah. it was supposed to be one big movie and then just like yeah we could just split it so that's fine so yeah that doesn't really surprise me that it's gonna come out sooner than we think because mm-hmm. it's already like being made <laughs> so yeah i mean like i just hope that they're able to stick this landing and it this I, I will, hope so too yeah <laughs> this will literally be the best superhero trilogy that we've had so far which is like I agree. insane yeah. to say it, you know i'm like a huge spider-man fanboy but i really believe that this is like the greatest superhero thing we've ever gotten in like a while and um the fact that the first movie did not do so well within theaters but they took the chance to make a sequel for it and after it's it went on netflix well yeah it's yeah. doing so fucking well it yeah. I, I, like i I'm a little surprised at how well it's doing just because, you know, when you look at the raw numbers of uh, Into the Spider-Verse, it's like it was the worst performing sort of Spider-Man movie by far. And it's because it was animated because there was that stigma at that time where it was like it's animated. So it's for a kid, you know, like it's not meant for us. But like in reality, it was it was meant for everyone, you know, like just like with Spider-Man. Anyone can fucking wear the mask and anyone should watch these movies because they're so fucking good for kids, adults and everyone alike. So, yeah. You know, the fact that it's breaking, you know, box office numbers and everything like that, fucking go for it. I I am excited to see what they have within this third film, which, you know, apparently not every single Spider-Man person is 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 uh in this movie. So I hope that within Beyond the Spider-Verse, we get some pretty crazy cameos and some big surprises that will leave fans, you know, happy. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm excited to see uh, in the third one. I'm, I'm happy to see like the OG people from Spider-Verse 1. Like we, mm-hmm. we saw Spider-Ham and like Spider-Pig and uh, Penny Parker and like, uh, you know, Spider-Noir you know, Noir and stuff. Yeah, so it's going to be cool to see them there again. Um but yeah, and then I guess we could just talk about like the the twist ending or not twist ending, but just the cliffhanger. Oh yeah, that, yeah. He, he got transferred <laughs> into the to the dimension where his spider came from, but that's not his dimension because you mm-hmm. know obviously his spider was you know got transferred into uh, Miles's dimension, and mm-hmm. this universe has like no fucking Spider Man because of that. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking Miles is the prowler in that universe, and now and we're just Miles is just stuck there <laughs> with like like kilometers like fucking per hour miles. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's um. It's it's such a great cliffhanger. Like you know, it's good. But my my theater was like, oh, like they're all like that when it said to be continued. Like what the fuck? And so yeah, um, yeah. It's, it was definitely a crazy cliffhanger, and I'm really interested to see how they balance three antagonists at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. they have the spot still. They have like yeah, like kilometers over here, and we got um, <laughs> like 299 still. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they balance all three of those villains plus well, not villains, but antagonists, and yeah. you know all you know miles and stuff so yeah I, i'm very I, like you said i hope they stick the landing because like you said this will be like my favorite spider-man thing ever 
I mean, yes. it's probably one of my favorite animated things ever. Like, it's not even a question at this point. Like, mm-hmm. this movie blows away anything I've seen animation-wise, um, I, at least in terms of, like, Western animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in terms of Spider-Man stuff, like, yeah, man, I don't fucking know. It might be my favorite <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, this shit is so oh, good. Honestly, I, I also think it, this does all the cameos and multiverse stuff a lot better than No Way Home, now that mm-hmm. I think about it. Because I feel like yeah. I love No Way Home, right? Like, But I feel like it's definitely something that you would fully appreciate if you watched Spider-Man, like the OG Sam Raimi Spider-Man and Amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Because I feel like a lot of the moments won't hit you as hard. This one, I feel like, does a great job just being its own standalone thing while having a lot of references and stuff. Uh, and it doesn't like it doesn't feel like essential to like the plot or mm-hmm. anything. Um, so yeah, I think this movie just does that stuff like just a lot better. And I, I love No Way Home, but yeah man this is just this is peak, <laughs> as they say <laughs> yeah i mean i was i was giddy when i saw andrew garfield in the in oh the, i was too yeah across the Spider-Man. So i was like holy fuck like that is so cool that they're you know like showing showing uh live action footage like that but yeah with toby um, and uncle ben too i can't look at that scene anymore because <laughs> all the memes <laughs> but yeah i mean yeah. this film definitely does stand on its own really really well not to say no way home doesn't in its own right but i think you could fully fully appreciate it if you've watched all of those films with Sam yeah. Raimi and uh, Mark Webb's vision in mind. But yeah, with the whole Earth 42 thing, that whole big ass plot twist that really happened. And, you know, halfway through that scene, I was kind of picking it up because I was like, isn't her eyes not green? I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, damn, bro. You're really yeah. analyzing. I, no, 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 I knew bro, something was wrong. But. Bro, 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 bro. I saw it the first time and like I wasn't like sure. So when I saw yeah. it the second time, I was like, her eyes are different. I was like, her <laughs> eyes are fucking green. And also the bedroom is different. It's like so yeah. much more depressing, you know, because like that one scene where like Gwen takes out the action figure, I was cringing. Yeah. But I was like, oh, no, she's <laughs> taking it out of the box. But that shit is not there because obviously like his dad dying within that universe, which apparently on IMDb is called Miles G. Morales, and it's played by a completely different voice actor as well, which, oh, is wow. why, right. which is why he's able to, you know, say his name slightly differently because of the influence from his mom. But yeah, that whole twist was fucking great. I think yeah. that the whole movie was building up to that just because they had this whole emphasis of like, the spider isn't from your dimension. So when he tries to go back home and it reads his DNA as Earth-42, I was like, oh fuck like that was so good and like if you watch the movie again damien like you will see within the beginning when when the spot is explaining the the uh, spider transporting out you see miles there with his fucking dreads and everything i was like oh my god and also when when uh our miles goes into the machine it shows earth 42 but when i was watching it i didn't i didn't notice that yeah you didn't pick it up yeah because like when when emma rewatched it with us uh what uh wednesday she was like oh shit it says earth 42 i was like yeah that's fucking great like like <laughs> like they're, they're literally showing us everything but literally yeah. that 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 final section the whole third act was just so good in, in being its own plot twist and i think that that is such a good way to really show like what this effect of this spider going not from earth 42 but going to 1610 and sort of how that all played out because, you know, that could have been like a whole plot hole in and of itself to be like, oh, you know, like we just had the spider come from another dimension to set up all of all of the Spider-Verse stuff. But it actually has a part within telling the story. Like, pff, these fucking geniuses and Chris Lloyd or no, Phil Lloyd and Chris Miller. Yeah, My apologies. I fucking like combined their names together. But they are just geniuses. They knew exactly what they were doing with these films and this whole last act with showing miles g morales and having miles sit there in the you know title thing but you know from from his encounter with peter b parker he's gonna he's gonna do some crazy shit 
with watching the hands and everything yeah, like that. So. Yeah, it's always the watching the hands. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just I love how they just made Prowler into such like a like a threat in like both mm-hmm. this and and like you know I feel like Prowler you know obviously is such a big part of Miles' story. So I'm happy that they've been doing him justice like lately. Um, so yeah, that that that's really good. Also, his suit looks sick. Like I yes. like his Prowler suit. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's really good. I, I'm very excited for the third movie. Like you said, all they gotta do is stick the landing, and then we're good, dude. Then the, mm-hmm. this, the next movie is gonna be fucking insane. So, yeah. um, and the fact that we don't have to wait too much longer for it, it just makes it better. I mean, if they delay it, I wouldn't be like mad. Yeah, or anything. I wouldn't like, be mad either. They, they they could take their time. I, I'm sure it would be amazing either way. But mm-hmm. yeah, just take your time with it. I, I'm very excited for it. Um, I'm, I'm definitely gonna watch it again. <laughs> now that after all of this, I'm like, fuck, I need to watch it again. I yeah, feel like I barely no. got half of it at this point. <laughs> now, literally, after I saw it a second time, I was like, okay, I'm done. And then I went to work and I was talking it with with one of my coworkers. Shout out, Chris. Uh, <laughs> he he's a big like film buff. Like he's, he's yeah. going to school for a film. So when I was talking about the movie with him, like we were just like gushing over it. Like we were just yeah. talking about it for like during most of our shift, and I was like, fuck, I have to see it again. And um. <laughs> I was going to see it Tuesday, but my car had a flat. So I was like, I'll yeah. just stay home, whatever, you know, like this is, this is the universe telling me today, stay home. So, yeah. uh, but it, it actually ended up working out because, you know, I saw it Wednesday with all of the boys and, uh, Emma again. So, um, but do you have any complaints? Because I know that some people have, oh, have yeah, issues have- with, uh, how certain spider people were portrayed. Oh, that I don't. But I, I saw it. I saw it. One thing I noticed is uh, the, the the movie was like kind of quiet. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, okay. I heard yeah, some, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's been a common thing. Yeah. I, I heard some complaints about that. I, um, and I noticed it the most during the first bit with Gwen, like the first yes. segment with Gwen. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why is it so fucking low? Like, I can't hear shit. Like, I, yeah, I thought like our theater was messed up, but I've been hearing like, yeah, no, I was just like like that. So I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, I guess it got better as soon as I went to Miles. Like, it, it sounded a bit better, but yeah. yeah, the sound mixing was kind of weird in general. Like, I don't know why. If like some scenes felt really quiet and I couldn't really hear what they were saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, yeah, that, that was really my major complaint. I don't know what was wrong with the sound mixing, but um. Yeah, in terms of like other spider people, I don't know. Did, wait, did you feel that same way? By the way, <laughs> I, um, I mean with the with the theater thing first up, it, it actually yeah. happened within my third viewing. I was like, oh shit, uh, like this is what people are talking about. It happened yeah. when when uh, twenty ninety nine was talking about the uh, kid on nine 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 or whatever. Like yeah. obviously, like we all know that line from the uh, trailers, yeah. but it like got quiet and then it, and then it rose up again. I was like, well, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, <laughs> um, it was weird. But yeah, I uh, apparently it happened with a lot of people on there uh, watching for that first part of the movie. Anyway but i mean when it comes to how the spider people were portrayed i mean i get it you know a, a lot of uh, scarlet spider and ben riley fans are not happy with how that character was portrayed as like a more like joke character joke character yeah. which is understandable because like that character sort of gets shafted overall with, at marvel so maybe across the spider-verse could redeem that within some regard um people did not like uh, spectacular spider-man not siding with miles but um Josh Keaton went on uh, like a stream and like talked about it for a bit. And I was like, okay, it kind of makes sense. Pretty much. He said like, you know, after everything that's happened with spectacular Spider-Man and everything like that, you know, where, where he was within his career as like being still like a fucking high schooler and everything like that, you know, like what, why would he not trust these, you know, adults and sort of these like older Spider-Man people telling him what to do kind of thing, you know? Um, yeah. So I understand that, that perspective. I didn't honestly, other than like how certain spider people were portrayed, which isn't like a huge thing for me. This is like a perfect film. Like I, I fucking, I fucking love this shit. Like honestly, yeah. honestly, after we watched it, Jeffrey was like, I could go see it again. And I was like, yeah, yeah, same because the two hours felt like not two hours. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah i mean like just just talking about some other news and things like that so uh during i guess like a variety uh interview they are talking about spider-man 4 uh with tom holland that is being worked on uh a spider woman movie is coming soon and a live action miles morales is uh on the way as well so i mean yeah spider-man fans just, just keep winning i mean this is obviously under the helm of sony and everything like that so we do have to take everything with a grain of salt to a certain extent but um yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what they have cooking over there just because I feel like now that like we've have we have all of this stuff with Sony, I feel like it was actually best that they didn't give give up the film rights for, you know, uh for everything to happen with the MCU and whatnot. So Yeah, I, I just feel like like Sony is such a wild card. They can either make the best thing ever or <laughs> fucking dog shit. Like I feel like there's no middle ground. I, I feel like the MCU is definitely like more of a like it, things could be good or like mediocre mm-hmm. and, and more because they have so much more control on their projects for the mcu i feel like there's a lot less freedom they could do mm-hmm. i feel like sony does actually allow a little more freedom for people to go a little crazier and I also like lord and miller are also just like fucking amazing in general yeah. so like i feel like they, they were just gonna make i mean they make so much good shit like there's <laughs> no doubt that this thing was gonna be great to re- regardless um because they just respect animation so much and the, the writing is really good as well so um uh, but yeah, I feel like this would have never happened if Spider-Man was like fully like MCU. They would have just kept them the live action, and that's it. Yeah. Um, even though I think Spider-Man is like has so many roots in like different media and stuff that keeping him like just in live action, I feel would be a mistake. That and I think these movies really showed like how much animated Spider-Man could be just fucking amazing. So um, yeah, like you said, I, I really have zero complaints. And I, I, you know, if they want to do live action Miles, I'm definitely down for that as well. I mean, obviously if it is going to be a Sonyverse thing, a little concerning, but um, mm-hmm. I, you know, we'll see how it turns out. I won't ever say no unless the movie comes out like Morbius and like, yeah, that's bad. But you know, yeah, uh, yeah. in terms of Spider-Verse, uh, this was a fantastic sequel. It was everything I wanted and more. It is it, like surpassed all my expectations. Um, I, again, I'm just waiting for that third movie before I can say, like, <laughs> yeah, this is, you know, you never know, you know, you never know. But, you know, I have like a lot of faith. I have like 99% faith that the third movie is going to be excellent and we're going to get a great trilogy, end of this trilogy. So, um, yeah, Lord and Miller did a great job. This is so good. Um, you know, after yeah. everything Travis just said, Definitely gonna try to watch it again. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> try drag. I'm gonna drag someone that hasn't watched it again, uh, unless my brother wants to watch it again. Uh, but we'll see. <laughs> but yeah. I, I, I need to see. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It is definitely worth a rewatch. At least one rewatch, and then the more you talk about it with other people, you're gonna want to watch it again. So yeah. Um, but. You know, Beyond the Spider-Verse is confirmed to be the end of this trilogy of uh, films, which is good. You know, I don't want them to continue going if they have no other story, especially since because it seems like that they literally planned all this shit out. So, you know, if they don't have a plan past this, then shit, don't don't (laughs) don't make any more. And Shameik Moore is interested in playing a live action Miles Morales, whether he is going to be the star of that live action Miles Morales movie. Who knows? Um, I think that he should have a fair chance at it. But I think because of his relationship with Sony, he could. Uh, hinder that a little bit you know maybe have him be a little more favored in it um i know people are throwing around uh, i think his name is miles brown yeah i saw um, i saw that yeah yeah because he is afro uh uh latino i believe that's yeah. what it's uh called what's the proper term of it is and also his name is fucking miles so i mean i wouldn't mind and like he it looks he, like miles <laughs> <laughs> he is down to play that role he's been dying for it ever since he was younger so i mean i think that that is like one of the top like fan cast but if she more wants to do it you know i think people clowning him clowning him on twitter because he's like too old or whatever is very funny uh but at the same time it's like 
Andrew Garfield was like 28, 29 when he was playing Spider-Man as well. So, you know, if he wants to play Spider-Man 29 going on into 30, then sure, fuck it. Why not? You know, if 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 uh, the direction is like a much older, older Miles Morales, that can be cool as well. But, you know, uh, you know, leave the man alone. You know, <laughs> if he wants to at least try for it, he could try for it. You know, you know, I, I do think it is cool that we have, like, so many spider people now that, you know, you can have people that are, like, not white or whatever. Obviously, like, you know, when I was younger, but I want to be Spider-Man or whatever. But, you know, I think now, like, having, like, you know, like a black Spider-Man and stuff is, like, I think that's really cool for more mm-hmm. people to be, like, yeah. Spider-Woman, like, you know. Spider-Woman with Spider-Gwen. Like, I, you know, hopefully this movie also opens up more Spider-Gwen stuff as well, like, yeah. more than there is. Because, you know, I think she was fantastic in this movie, like we both said. So it would be cool if we got more stuff. Like, you know, like how we had the revolution with Miles content. I hope we, had, we have something similar with uh, with Gwen. Because I, I think, I'm mean, obviously I like Gwen Stacy in general. But um, mm-hmm. just having her be more, like, important and, like, have more Spider-Gwen stuff, I think that would be sick. Uh, and yeah, again, this more like diversity and stuff. I think that's always great because you know, like like they said in the first movie, you know, just whoever wears the mask, you know, you're Spider Man or woman. So yeah, Spider People, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I just think that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I just love this film. I love it so yeah. much. Uh, you know, like I wouldn't be surprised if I go see it a fourth time, uh, but I probably won't because that's gonna be like three hours out of my day gone. But uh, <laughs> yeah, is there anything else you would like to add, good son? Uh No, I, I think that's everything. I think we gush about this movie for like thirty minutes. Or 20 <laughs> I think minutes. I think we got everything. You know, swept, despite my notes being very detailed, we kind of just went on and on, which is fine. That is fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I mean. Yeah, that's it. That's all I have for today. That's all we have for yeah, that's today. That's all I have. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to the Travis and Davey podcast, episode 114. We will see you guys two weeks from now with another episode. Later.